My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Amplifiers. There's actually two parts to the drive mechanism. Uh, it's just, it's a bizarre technology. There's no physical hookup between any of the systems in there. Uh, they use gravity as a wave using wave guides, almost like microwaves. Uh, but certainly these crafts came from another, uh, not, uh, not just another planet, another solar system entirely, extremely far away. And they're here. there, I saw a UFO, and it went down the river, turned right at the United Nations, turned left, and then down the river. It wasn't a helicopter, it wasn't a balloon, and it was so near. And it looked quite sort of uh, round, just, white, just like, and silent. Silent, and it looked dark, like black or gray in the middle, and had white lights, just looked like light bulbs, you know? Just going off, on, off, on, off, on, blink, 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 round the belt, bottom, and on top was a red light. When I was around three, they said I got bit by a spider or something like that, a poisonous spider. It's like, as I turn around and do that, I see a uh, reptilian humanoid, like, phase through the door and just staring at me from the foot of my bunk bed. Roswell-style crashes and strange materials sent to a secret base in Nevada. But after she agreed to speak to us, she was visited by two agents. The military now admits that they're not ours. Power to walk into the gold vaults of the nations, into the secrets of kings, into the holy of holies. Power to make multitudes run squealing in terror at the touch of my little invisible finger. Even the moon's frightened of me, frightened to death. The whole world's frightened to death.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer. Today's show, we take a weird, strange, and paranormal dive into the life of a man named Ron Weed. That's right, Ron hit me up on Instagram and he said, Hey, Mark, I have a, uh, I've had a alien experience. I've had a gray slash reptilian contact experience. So I said, okay, that's interesting. Let's talk about it on the show. Not only that, but his father happened to be possibly working in classified departments of the military, the Navy SEALs. Shout out to all the veterans that listen to the show. Shout out to you veterans. I know it's not Veterans Day, but shout out to you guys. Appreciate your service. Much respect. He broke down his experience. Not only had his father had similar alien experiences, but Ron went on to have some interactions with possibly a Freemason that led him to decipher this Gematria code we spent some time talking about in the second half of the show. Thank you for listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast and shout out to all our patrons supporting us. And if Patreon's not your thing, shout out to uh, Matt Black. He hit me up. He said, hey, brother, I'm going to give you a dollar for every episode that I've listened to. I've listened to a hundred episodes. So I'm going to send you a hundred bucks. I said, dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And we talked on the phone for a little bit today. And that was right after seeing another person who I got to say, huge shout out to Rob B. Not only is he a big help in the telegram, always inspiring, always dropping cool photos and information that's helped me understand this area better but he hooked me up with some really really kind gifts today uh one of them that i will say is a uh silver dollar never owned a silver dollar before but that's awesome so thank you so much brother appreciate that and uh Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you get something out of this podcast, don't hesitate to send some value back my way because this is a value for value podcast. I cannot do it without your support. We do have some sponsors, but hey, they listen to the show too. Shout out to you. We got Audrey Lobdell for all your tuning fork and Reiki needs. Go to AudreyLobdell.com. And then Akasha Goods, tis the season, folks. Go to AkashaGoods.com and up the vibes in your house, in your life. We've got all kinds of really cool products there for you to integrate into your practice, whatever that is, that keeps your positivity levels up. And speaking of positivity, I feel incredible when I go out on a hike in the forest and if you like that and you want to maybe figure out a, another method on how you can up your game in that level, go and hit up our friend Fru. Check out Fru's Forest Baths. If you're not in her area, maybe you can even book a consultation. We don't know, but they sponsor the show, so shout out to them. And uh, shout out to all our patrons. If you sign up, you'll get a spirit animal name. Got no new spirit animal names, but we are going to give a spirit animal name to Matt Black and Rob B in the outro of this episode. So stick around to the end and find out what those are. And to everyone else listening, thank you so much for being here, folks. Have a happy holidays, 
I don't know what holiday you celebrate, but I hope it's amazing. I know this episode will be coming out around a really important holiday for my family. Even though I'm not exactly uh, Christian, I, I really do love the tradition of getting together. I think it's an important thing, no matter what uh, umbrella it falls under. So either way, I hope your holiday season is awesome. And if you have some time, check out the Patreon, check out the Rockfin, check out the website. We've got stuff for sale there, things that Tara and I have made ourselves. So really hope you check that out and continue supporting this awesome show and i'll continue doing it until next time or until the outro enjoy this conversation with ron weed All right, brother. Well, let's get started. We are recording. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. With me for the first time is a gentleman who reached out to me and said, hey, not only do I have a bunch of awesome theories I want to share with you, but I've also contacted greys and reptilians. So I was blown away, very interested, tried to hide it. Didn't want him to think I was coming on too strong, but here we are, united at last. Ron Weed, welcome <laughs> to the show, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Appreciate that. No problem. Uh, Appreciate you being here and uh, sharing your story with us today, brother. I want to, you know, thank you again for reaching out and also, uh, you know, give the listeners an opportunity to understand your story. So if you could maybe take us back to that first experience or maybe start with like what first woke you up when you're a kid, a teenager, whenever it happened to you, what really got this journey started for you? It was actually my first ever thought. Do you remember your first thought as a kid? You know, I remember my first like visual memory, like the first, the oldest visual memory I have, but my first thought, no, I can't place that, but go ahead. Yeah, I've uh, heard some people say they, they don't remember things until they're like four or five years old. And I've, I've heard people say they remember things from when they were inside of the crib. Right. And, so, and my first ever, like my conscious awareness is like kind of supernatural, I guess. It's kind of, it's kind of like an incarnation experience. But uh, basically, I, I kind of had like, because I talked about it the other night, I kind of had like do kind of remember because the... As I was going through it, my, well, sorry, I guess I messed it up. No, no, you're good. We got time. I'll, I'll just do it like, cause I'm trying to explore it a little bit more too with stuff I've learned. But I, for some reason, I, it kind of like was fantastic, fan, like a fantasy kind of seeming like for, for whatever reason, like I kind of, you know, I, and you know how there's false memories and things like that. Of you course. Don't wanna, yeah looking too much because then you're messing with it so it's with with my experience and everything like that i i held on to the things that stuck you know with memories i can't remember certain things but if you ask me about a really deep experience in my life i could tell it with so many different details and look at it with different angles and hindsight and stuff like that wonderful but i do kind of for some reason it was like a 
a small shack house and a fence and the hole was kind of like near or either it was the well or maybe it was the well it was either near the well or was the well hole. and I, i'm getting in it and i remember looking up like the part i do that really like i could hold on to the memories i'm looking up and there's this lady and she's holding my hand and she's like a silhouette of color you can't like uh, like a oil how like when you see oil on top of water yeah that yeah, weird, yeah that like multicolor uh, slick kind of look multi, yeah multicolor slick and uh she's saying something like it's going to be a while or uh, it's not going to be a long time this is going to be like you know i'll see you soon you know it's no big deal really yeah and so either she lets go or I let go and I start falling. And this to describe it, what I'm, what I'm, what it looks like when I'm inside the hole is like, you know, and I thought about it the last, like, you know, how those the uh, old cathedral domes, it's mm-hmm. like this big dome. And then it has like one hole at the top for the light to come through. That's what it's this kind of looked like, like. Yeah. Kind of like that. Like, but except you're at the very top, right at the top of the hole and everything around me looks like it's like a, lights you know different you know just kind of it looks like you're in space like there's just different different colored lights and things like that everywhere and as you're as i'm falling it looks like like how you're going warp speed mm-hmm. or like in that movie contact and so as i'm falling right and it, and it feels like you're going down like those water slides because i'm i'm falling vertically feet first and I'm like looking and I do have hands because I do remember that. I'm like, I see the, and I'm like uh, trying to hold on to the memories that I had. And as I'm doing that, the memories are getting stripped away from you. Kind of like you had, like when you're on tripping, you have this big, deep thought and stuff like that. And it's just like, you go to tell someone, it's like, what was it? <laughs> you know, you don't even know where to start on what you even thought about. So it's like, it feels like that. And I start falling really, really fast at that point and then the next without closing my eyes right my eyes are still open as i'm falling but the next i guess conscious thought was me opening my eyes inside of my body and i'm laying down on a couch and now i'm four years old i'm a four-year-old you know boy <laughs> and i'm just i open my eyes and, and I look, i'm looking up at the ceiling and then i jump up real quick and i look to my right and i go you're my brother and you're my cousin because we were at that moment i guess we were taking turns jumping over this couch this red and white striped couch and uh, they were like they're like of course we are like who else would we be you know you're like get off the couch it's our turn <laughs> And so I run up and I kind of do remember like my brother kind of like my older brother kind of like checking my head. Maybe I knocked myself out or whatever, had an out-of-body experience or something like that. Or it's hard to say like, you know, when I was a kid, I guess my nickname is Ron Ron because you have to kind of, you have maybe like Ron, 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 Ron. <laughs> and then I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, I'm like in a trance like most of the time or whatever. I snap you out but, of it. So you, you literally fell down the rabbit hole, it sounds like. Fell or, down the rabbit like, hole. But yeah, now, oh yeah, yeah. Take mm-hmm. me back to this first part, though. So, was there a physical well in the yard that that possibly you actually fell down, and and something happened in between that memory and the memory that you just described on the couch? Oh no, nothing like that. But I guess when I was around three, they said I got bit by a spider or something like that—a poisonous spider. Had some issues with that. But that's that's kind of like I don't want to, you know. That's kind of a. I don't want to really go say that's 100% a memory, you know, it's kind of, but it, there's kind of something that, that kind of calls out to me for some, you know, it's kind of like a fantasy land Valhalla, you know, Thor type thing going on or something, you know, it was just maybe in the heavens, they kind of 
as above, so below in a way they kind of are humanized like that and live the, maybe, maybe their world is more fantastical in a way. Mm. Or, or it could be interdimensional, you know, entering the new, that's how you enter the new dimension. Like they talk about how in the South pole or something, there's that big hole or something like that. Maybe that's, you know, but I think from my opinion, I think there's something important with the placement of the North star, you know, the North star changes over time, but I feel like the North star is kind of like the, the hatch to get out of, you know, the universe is essentially this giant snow globe or something like that. So quite possibly this is where this might come from though, for you, like seeing that as a kid, that puts that to mind, like, oh, maybe that's what I was experiencing on, on the astral realm. Like I went up to the dome and looked through the porthole. Yeah. <laughs> right on. And, man. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, you just kind of go, go on through life and from something I heard on, you know, New York Patriot was telling me, I mean, he was saying something like, uh, that's what like the scarlet horde does or something like that. She like, she puts like uh like as you're falling through that tunnel is when you're getting like programmed, I guess, because to enter this dimension or something like that, you have to be like programmed into it. And what is it? Attachments. I guess I had to have the detachments from wherever I was to have the attachments here that holds me in this realm, I guess. Right. Right. So, so you have, early memories of possibly interacting with these other realms. When does this start to, you know, bleed into what we might understand as like ordinary reality? When does it start affecting your actual life? Cause you, you mentioned, you know, Ron, Ron, you kind of a daydreamer, you know, <laughs> yeah. clearly, you know, your mind's in a lot of places. I can tell just from talking to you, you're thinking about a lot of things that I am. So I'm wondering, you know, when did this really sort of kick off? At what age did you have like an experience that was like, whoa, I can't, you know, I can't. that that's yeah. undoubtable, undoubtedly weird, right? Like it's not just yeah. my imagination. Was there anything that stood out like that? It was when I was about 12 years old, I had a uh, deal with the devil type experience. Right. And this is and what you, you DM me about. So maybe if we could start from the beginning when you said deal with the devil did that i mean is this is the devil these gray aliens or reptilians how are how are they fitting into this equation it's i can't re i can only really kind of speak from a victim's perspective but i feel like they were kind of like the ones kind of like doing the dirty work coming down and get getting me because they wanted me to leave with them like they're like come with us you know, but that, but that goes into the whole thing. So, and it's funny, you know, the coincidence with the green tent right here, that's kind of what I woke up to. So oh. that's, that's good for a visual, like, <laughs> uh, kind of like the green screen, you know? Yeah. Like I have I a green light bulb up there. Sorry. It is a little <laughs> odd compared to what most people have, but we're a little funky over here at the, my family thinks I'm funky podcast. Oh yeah. And I, and I feel like that's a big thing too, with a lot of different things. Cause uh, there's this one guy who talked about ATP light, like basically everything is green light because something with the way radiation or something like that comes out from the sun and then mm. the photosynthesis of light and something and it, everything is essentially green light. It's like a big green screen. Right. And, and, but yeah, so I woke up and everything was that green light like the whole room and everything. And I can, uh, to tell it 
I'm on the top bunk bed. And you woke up in the middle of the night, the daytime. What time was it? It was the whole room was Uh, dark except for this green tent. It would, no, it would have been nighttime because my brother and my two brothers were in the room with me. Okay. And so I'm on the top bunk. He's on the bottom. Uh, My older brother is on the bottom bunk and across the room is my younger brother and he's by the window and the light isn't like, there's something weird that I thought about, but the light looks like it's coming from the window and shining from there. But when I wake up, when I wake up to it, you know, I'm kind of, I'm just like about 12. I don't really care enough, you know, and you're, you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> just kind of go back to, there's, there's some reason for this. Maybe there's something going on outside or whatever. It's not, not enough for me to care. So I try to go back to sleep and then the light starts pulsing, but it, it's, it pulse, not pulses getting darker, pulses getting brighter. Like it's brighter, it gets brighter like that. And, you know, so I'm seeing it through my eyelids more. And so now I'm upset and I'm like, you know, people, you know, people are sleeping. What the hell's going on? You know, it's whatever late at night. So I hop out of bed and I look at my brothers and I'm like, kind of like, Hey guys. But then as I'm looking at them, they look like they're in like a coma. Like, like they don't look like they they were frozen, but they didn't look, you know, you, you could tell they were like, still had life to them or whatever. But they weren't like just asleep. They seem more than asleep. More than asleep, like very, very still. Yeah. And so I guess it, yeah, I guess I would have noticed no breathing or something. Something just made me stand out. I was like, but at first, but at that moment, I'm still thinking logical. I'm like, this is weird, but something's going on. There's gotta be some sort of logical explanation for this. So I go to finally see what's going on. I go to touch the blinds of the window and as soon as I do, I get a jump scare of an alien in my mind. And uh, like uh, those old videos where you click all of a sudden, it's like, pow, like an alien. And, you know, like, but it's like, it, it's like a vision that goes in my mind. And a uh, new thing too, is I thought about like, I could tell it was on the other side of the window because of the, like in, when it, I got the vision, I could see the railings behind it and the little post. Right. So I could tell it was on the, on the porch, but I didn't, I never actually like pulled the blinds down and, and looked at it, but it was a short, a gray alien, basically what you would think a gray alien looks like, uh, you know, big little bulbous head, but it was like a tiny one. And when that happened, I locked up, like you ever seen like goats kind of like <laughs> faint, I fainted, you know, I, I had problems with fainting too, because, you know, stuff happened when I was a, a kid, but like I had a pet goat. And one day I came there, it was, it was at my grandparents' house out in the Philippines. And I'm like, I remember going there and I'm like, where's this goat? Like I'm looking for, and uh, there was other goats there running around. They're like, oh, we don't know where this goat is. And some run around looking for it. And I finally go into the backyard, I pull the hatch and I open the uh, gate and I see it there and they're pulling its guts out. Oh man. <laughs> so, oh. so I just like faint, you know, and then I wake up from there, you know, I kind of, that was like my first. So interactions. Let me ask you, did these experiences all happen in the Philippines? This is at that age or would you travel back and forth? Cause I assume oh, you're no, in the uh, States now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, first event happened in the Philippines and this event happened in America okay. down in uh, Savannah, Georgia. Okay. So uh, that's not too far um, from that 33rd parallel too. I'm pretty sure. I mean that they say a lot of strange activity. I was just reading a book all about that. Uh, but continue mm -hmm. Jekyll Island and all that kind of stuff. But so yeah, I froze up 
and I felt, you know, I fell backwards on my butt. And at that point now I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> like, okay, there's, there's no logical reason. This shit's fucked. And that's, they say fight or flight, you know, I just froze. I basically just stood, I just, when I got up, I just was like shaking, you know, I curled myself up and I was just like freaking out basically like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is so weird. And this isn't real life now. And you know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, Oh shit, this shit's weird. And so I'll, I think I'm talking to myself, but as I'm, uh, like the voice kind of like starts to be more distinctive. Like I'm not talking to myself cause it's like, I guess my voice and that voice is kind of like my inner voice and that inner voice is kind of like, you know, resonating different, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain like the, but yeah, everything was uh, telepathic. And so I, I'm, I'm starting, it's starting to say uh, like calm down and it kind of says something with like an M and I'm kind of assuming it's like, this Hebrew term for angel, like Malachi or Malachi, some Mal- Malamax, something like that. <laughs> and they're like, you know, we know who you are and blah, blah, blah. And so, but that's kind of like, that's kind of like not a 100% number. Oh, the, the, I, they did call me something with an M, but I'm not 100% sure what it, what it actually was. So know? they, I'm, they, I'm like, they named you, but they like, they named like as if they recognized you already, but they gave you a name that you hadn't recognized. Like they were familiar with you, mm-hmm. but you weren't familiar with them or the name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, yeah. I went. Yeah. And so, but they were like, Hey, you're actually uh, lucky. You know, you're actually like, you know, you're actually chosen and stuff like that. And they were basically saying, Hey, we're going to uh, set you up through life. We're going to, you know, guide you, I guess, be my guide and make sure that, you know, they kind of, put me in positions where I'll do whatever needs to be done or whatever. And so as a 12 year old kid, I'm now I'm even, even though I was like shaking, I'm kind of like, I'm the chosen one. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah. Like let's do this shit. And then uh, I'm like, basically like, you know, cause it's weird because I'm trying to keep my sanity, but it's at the same time, I'm kind of tapping out into this other thing. And I'm like, well, this green light stuff's going on. This voice is talking to me. And I'm like, fuck, I might as well go with it. You know, we're going to go with the flow. So I'm like, okay, if y'all are going to help me, you know, be rich and powerful, let's do it. So I'm basically going for the door now. And they said, wait, 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 hold up. You have to make a choice. And when I, when they said that, I look, I look over and the room stretches out like you're on acid or something. And with the telepathic communication, there's no, sometimes there's, there's words, but then sometimes it's visions and understandings. Like kind of like with normal thing, like you, you know, if you upset like your mom, she looks at you, you know, like you understand, like there's no need to be even say anything else. And I kind of got where they're going with that. And with the telepathic communication too, I tried to scheme, you know, I tried to like, how am I going to, what am I going to do, blah, 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 like get get myself. And it's like, no, 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 you you know, we know it's, you can't hide anything. Like this is a open conversation. And with the green scent, looking back at it, it reminds me of the heart chakra, you know, like, so the heart chakra, the conversation has got to be pure. It's, it's coming from the heart, you know, it's like, it's, I felt, felt like maybe they were tapping into this, that kind of thing, like a green light chakra or something. I don't know. I'm just going with that. Cause you know, you know, with the, what is it? Heart is an anagram for earth stuff like that so oh yeah my older brother he's type 1 diabetic so they were like jumping and you know and, and it's not like i'm like yeah you know i don't like my brother it was just the thought crossed my mind and they were jumping on that 
like it and the visions, the way the visions were when they kind of like take you into the visions, it is like the, the, I get, I kept getting it wrong, but it's like the stooge where they should, the Christmas right. past, right. present, future. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Like as you're seeing these like things play out and it showed me like, you know, trench coat, handing out presents, driving like, you know, fancy boats and stuff like that. But it like someone like there's like a part in the vision where someone's like says something like, Oh, you know, you know, Oh, old me, I'm older brother and blah, you know, you know, and it, and it was kind of like making that point. And so I'm, I'm like, I snapped out of this uh, vision. I'm like, no. And to play devil's advocate, I can see, and you know how they say the crossroads when you make this Faustian bargain, it's at the crossroads. I don't feel like they mean like an actual crossroads. I feel like they mean this green light reality thing. It's maybe like, it's because the heart is kind of like the crossroads of the chakras, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I feel like that's what they kind of mean. And and also in one of Little Nas X is uh, Grammy performances. There was a green stage, like the whole stage was like this green stage and it had a green skull with a cowboy hat on. And he danced on it the first time he was wearing a white outfit. And then the second time he came out on that stage, he was wearing a dark outfit and he had the Rams, you know, he he was pretending like he's like the devil and stuff like that. So I feel like that has to, that green light is some, is like when you sell your soul, it's, it's this, because also they say around the uh, throne of God is like an emerald and one of the Bible verses or something like that. Yeah. uh, I was just uh, listening to the wizard of Oz and everybody knows they're going to the Emerald city to see the wizard. yeah, there's definitely and, uh, a significance there for sure. There's a part that goes into that too. Uh, so, so I can see how then the these people who are at this crossroads they go, well, these things are the masters of the universe. Clearly, I might as well do whatever they they tell me to do. And I guess it's just how it's going to go down. You know, what else am I going to do? But for me, I I was like had I was like there has to be a supreme being of benevolence. You know, I was like this can't be the way reality is constructed you know where these evil entities are the ones actually like moving the chess pieces they're the masters of the universe and they control everything because they can you know look what they're doing their powers and stuff because even that one guy bob dylan you know in his uh, 60 minutes interview he says they said who do you make the deal with he's like the the supreme commander in this world and in the world we can't see mm, you wow. know and yeah yeah so, so this this entity appeared first as a gray alien but then you know when you're you know when the room expands and you're met with this crossroads sort of feeling what entities are are, is it still gray aliens that are speaking to Um, you or it's i I don't assume it's the gray alien speaking to me it's just a voice yeah and but it even though it's a it's a voice i say they because it feels like multiple like a sing- singularity or whatever, you know, like an way, egregore like, or something like a egregore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So you're, you're sort of basking in this green light. Your brothers are still seemingly sleeping or even, mm. you know, comatose. Maybe they're like, you know, hypnotized by this energy that you've been, you know, awakened to what happens next. What's where, you know, clearly there's like a feeling of, of, Oh, I can, you know, go this way or this way. And you don't want to take the, the greedy, selfish way. I don't think that's the, the outcome here, yeah. right? So so yeah, what happens uh, next? I refuse. And I, I, I actually yell out, like, uh, you're not God. God is good. And he's more powerful than you. And wow. they start laughing. 
<laughs> they start laughing at me and they're like, God, who's God? Like, like, what is God? Like if God was real, why isn't he here telling you, you know, Hey, don't do that or this and that, you know, basically like kind of being like kind of sitting like that. And they're like, Oh, and the, the final thing they say is they go, maybe it's because we're God. Oh, that's what it is. They say, maybe it's because we're God. And that's when I yell back at them. Cause I'm like, at first I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. You know, not, you know, cause I'm big on family and love and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's when they're like, why don't you want to do it? And I told them, God, Oh, because uh, God, God wouldn't want this. And that's when they were like, who's God, blah, 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 blah. That's what it was. Yeah. And maybe I missed something. So what were they hoping you would do or what were they uh, requiring you to do in order to go through with this deal? Something to your brothers? I just choose a brother. Oh, choose a brother. Like which one um, would survive? Or, so, yeah. or which one would go with you or something, huh? Very, was there like a, was it like a threatening kind of feeling that they were, when they said choose a brother? Yeah, mm-hmm. I immediately, and because it goes with the Moloch thing, you know. Sacrificing some child, mm-hmm. I would imagine, that's what you're uh, referencing? Yeah, and they also, my brother's also the firstborn in our oh, family. okay, yes, yes so youngest brother. And my oldest brother. Oh, your oldest yeah, he's the firstborn in the. Right, of course. The, of course. Uh, yeah, but sorry, <laughs> but no, um, that was my fault. I I should have known what firstborn meant. But either way, that aside, so you refuse. They laugh at God, and you righteously, you know, feel confident. At twelve years old, I'm amazed. I, were you in church at this time? Was that like, uh, were you I a religious family, uh, or we weren't re- we weren't religious, but we were definitely spiritual. I'd say okay. In a, in a way. Um, so your family had those kind of conversations every now mm-hmm. and then, or at least once or twice? Yeah. And my dad, you know, he was, uh, you know, he's into Tai Chi and stuff like that, you know? Okay. And <laughs> so, your, yeah. your dad, I don't know how much you want to get into, but your dad has some other credentials too, that might be, yeah. you know, correlating to this experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And it uh, actually goes into it a little bit too. He has some experiences himself that he told me. Okay. So you have this yeah. experience. What happens next? Like when you refuse the, their bargain. So I refused them and they were asking. And so I said, uh, you know, you're not God and stuff. And uh, I'm like, kind of like freaking out at that point, like stump and Oh, but they're, they, cause at first when they're communicating with me, they're very charming and stuff like that. Like, right. Hey, you know, talk to me in a normal voice. But then at that point they're like fucking kid, you know, and they, they start flooding my mind with a uh, weird, you know, my sins and my skeletons, in my closet, I guess you'd say, and things. And, uh, you know, and I'm just freaking out like, ah, and I'm stumbling, you know, I'm just kind of like walking around like this. And as I'm going towards my closet, which was, would have been at the head of the bed, I get a vision of a uh, galaxy, like like what they look like, uh, the Milky Way, like spinning, like a cyclone galaxy thing, like cloud. And it's spinning one way and it's a orange, uh, reddish color. And then it kind of slows down and then it starts spinning the uh, other way. And it turns into a uh, dark blue, purple color. And the weird part about it is I'm sitting there and I'm getting this vision of this cloud thing. And then it felt like it smiled at me. And that's like, Iowa, you know, it's like a, that's like a weird expression, like, how do you feel a smile? But it's, that's like, it's just, just what, you know, I'm look you know, I'm getting this vision. It just felt like a smile. There was no face. It didn't form a mouth or none of that kind of stuff. It just felt like this, you know, like, you know, smiles, how we express our joy in a way. Like, so it just, that's, it expressed its joy and it came out with 
to me in a, in a, like a weird feeling like that. Really? And, uh, New York Patriot was saying that that's actually Crowley was saying something about the smiling cloud and something in one of his, in his, he kept talking about smiling cloud and people are like, what does he mean by smiling cloud? And I, I feel like maybe that's, that might be something to do with that. Like the smiling cloud, it's kind of like, maybe it's, you know, this, you know, and again, you know, I, I you know, I like to theorize and explore and stuff. Maybe like we think about it, like with God, maybe God is like, you know, how that Baphomet has like, you know, it's like a male, female type thing. Right. It, it's like, you know, the phallus, it makes, it makes a spark of life and all this kind of stuff. And then you have the, the, the tits to, to sustain the life, you know, the source of, uh, of nourishment, you know, right. You know, it's not, yeah, it's weird, but, but when you think about it in like a astro cosmic, you know, a cosmic kind of sense, like when you're, when you're going out and you're trying to channel this energy from God and stuff like that, like, you know, in a way it's kind of like has to do with how a baby sucks on a mom's teeth. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. No, no, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to explore in that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to visualize what you're telling me, yeah. but I'm also <laughs> trying to understand what you're telling me, but let's go and back like to a, the, yeah, the experience. Cause I feel like you, you'll, you, you might've lost me just a little bit but I'm, I'm with Sorry. you. It's all right. I'm uh, with you, brother. We're going to get through this. So you have this strange experience and yeah. you know, that was at a pretty young age. Were there any experiences that followed, you know, in the next couple of years um, as a teenager? Well, when I got that smiling cloud thing, I was like, okay, I feel kind of protected now. So I, I started, st- and, and at that point I'm like, I want this to end. Like I'm done with this experience. I just want to wake up, wake up, and this to be over. So I'm thinking, Oh, this is just a bad dream. I'm just having this lucid dream or something like that. I just, I got to go back to sleep now and everything will be normal. So I go and I climb back up into my bed cause I'm on the top bunk and you know, I get in, I curl up uh, and everything. And I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm never going to open my eyes again like that, you know? Mm. And uh, as I'm doing that, I get like that sixth sense feeling like the goosebumps or whatever. And I don't want to look right. I'm like, cause I'm tapping out basically. And, but instinctual, it's like a scratch. You got to kind of look. So I, as I turn around and do that, I see a, a reptilian humanoid like phase through the door, phases through the door like this and then turns uh, left, like quarter turn left. And towards uh, you or away from you. To, yeah. Towards me. It's like, and it's just staring at me from the foot of my bunk bed. And it might've been walking, but the way it would have walked would have just been like, you know, like kind of like a, a ghost apparition and just like that, you know, like it was almost on roller skates or something like a robot Yeah. and it didn't do anything else. It, it just, stu- it just stood there like perfectly still. And it's community. And to explain it, I, I actually sent you the one picture of what I, what it kind of closely resembles. It, I can't see it with my physical eyes, but I can see it with my mind's eye. Right. So it, it's like a holograph. I it's see. weird. You, I can't see it with like with my physical eyes. I'm like, I know that thing's not there. Right. But just like, I guess with a way of like seeing ghosts, it's like, but something's fucking there. <laughs> yeah. And I can see it in perfect detail. I can see it in perfect detail and I can't see it at the same time. You're so talking about the crop it, circle image? The uh, reptilian looking thing. Oh, right, right. Okay. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is... This is a pretty, I would say it almost looks like, like a 
gray, the shape of a gray's head, but like big eyes with like cat kind of eye or reptilian kind of eyes. You know, it's not like the cartoon kind of superhero, you know, super villain crocodile man type reptilian that you might imagine. It's more of a like Star Trek kind of like vibe for it. I don't know how <laughs> any other yeah. way to describe it, but we'll throw the, the image up in a second. I just got to get it on my All email. Right. But yeah, yeah, um, this is strange for sure, brother. Gary Wayne, I was watching one of his shows. You know, his, you know who that is? Genesis. So he was sitting there saying, oh, reptilians are actually these fire salamander beings. And when he said that, I'm like, yo, you know, that's actually a better explanation for what they look like. Because I just used uh, reptilian as a general term because it was a serpent type being. But in reality, it was kind of more amphibious like right. than, than cold-blooded iguana looking lizard like you're talking or crocodile person like you're talking about yeah yeah and you know to Um, that point i mean you do have like the dogon people who say that they're you know promethean myth their god who who gave them their knowledge came from underwater and and you know that yeah these do look amphibious just to my observation yeah very interesting and and this is from memory you know but that's the closest thing i could find and but the one thing i will say is its uh skin was a little bit more scaly okay like it wasn't to- uh totally it was more like a toad than a frog i guess like okay and so and its teeth were like tiny shark teeth because right. it, it when because i'm like when it when i saw it come in right and it's sitting there talking like oh come on kid what are you doing come with us you know and this is stupid and all this kind of you're worthless without us you, you need a, you know and stuff like that no one will ever believe you and all this kind of stuff you know things and i'm like i don't care you know I'm, I'm done like i was just like i'm done this thing could eat me snatch me out of bed eat me i don't care <laughs> i'm just uh, it's happening out i'm gonna close my but so it kind of smirks at me and that's when i see its teeth and it's kind of you know it's kind of like amused it was it, it kind of was like amused by the situation so i closed my eyes the uh second time right and i'm like this time i'm not opening them up for anything but as I had my eyes closed the second time, I got a vision of humans standing there looking at monitors, like about maybe like one guy's in the chair and then one guy's standing like kind of over his shoulder like this. And then there's another guy there. Like they're just, it just looks like people looking at monitors. Right. And that reminds me of like what you said earlier about the wizard of Oz, when they pull back the curtain, you just see it's just some guy and he's operating the whole thing. And my dad, he was military intelligence. So it makes me think that maybe this was some sort of Project Blue Beam test run. And I just happened to be a test subject for the whole thing. You know, and wow. they're kind of, they're, you know, I got, I, maybe I got the vision. They're like, look, he's not going to go through this shit, you know, end the program. Cause it, cause the next thing it was kind of like waking up was kind of like the scene changes, you know? And so I, I run into the, I'm like, okay, I'm alive. That's the first, that's my first thought. And I run into the kitchen. And I'm like, hey, guys, last night I, I was visited by reptilian humanoids and they offered me a deal with the devil thing. And of course, the logical thing you're going to say is, oh, that was just a dream, you know, and all that. So it was kind of shocking for me because I'm like, damn, I, like I've had lucid dreams and all this. That wasn't a dream. Like I tried to tell myself it was one just to keep myself from just completely losing it, you know, I guess in the moment have to because like if they're not going to believe you it's better you're better off just being like yeah you're right and then keeping it to yourself i i mean 
Not that mm-hmm. I've had any similar experiences, but I remember that feeling uh, of being a kid and trying to get away with shit, you know, and, and it definitely yeah. was always better to keep your mouth shut if you, <laughs> if you did something that you didn't want people to find out about. But but yeah, it's it's definitely strange. Did you tell any friends? I mean, was there anybody that uh, you... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I told all my friends. I, I, it was, you know... What did they just, think? Oh, it was just a dream. Yeah, you know, same response. Dream, so it's just... Yeah, but the ex, the only person was my dad. We went to go get pizza and, and took me with him and we pulled into the parking lot. And he's like, hey, tell me everything about your experience. Like, And then, so I basically just, you know, broke, that's what I, that's what I keep because that's why I, you know, told him like that, that whole experience is how it went down. He's like, uh, oh, okay, good, good. I'm glad you, you know, I'm glad you thought that through or whatever, you know, type thing. And he's saying, I believe in aliens, you know, and, and he had an experience one time it was before my experience, but he told me at the time, but I didn't, I guess I didn't really think about it so much, but on his, when he, he got stage four cancer. So he was on his deathbed and I was pretty much caretaking him. And so we, I was telling him about my story again, my alien story. And he's like, Hey, you remember me telling you mine? And I was like, no. And so he refreshed it to me. He said one night, and this would have been, you know, maybe five, six, you know, a good bit before my experience, but because my younger brother was a toddler, tod- you know, barely able to speak at the time. So he said he woke up in the middle of the night and he heard a noise. So he got up to investigate it. And when he got towards the door, he, he looked left and there was a uh, gray alien standing in the corner of the room. And when they, they, he like made eye contact with it and he said, he told me, he's like, it looks like what they, you know, what you would think they look like or whatever. And he kind of like passes out and wakes up like same kind of thing. And he's like, huh, that's a weird dream, you know? So he goes into the kitchen. He's usually he's up like three, four o'clock in the morning, but we were up before him this day, I guess. And he came into the kitchen and my youngest brother uh, says, I was with you last night, dad. And my dad looks down at him like, what? He's like, where, where were we? And my uh, younger brother points up at the ceiling and says, there. And so my dad was like, you know, here I am just a night, you know, I just had this weird, crazy dream, I thought. And then the next morning I have my kid telling me, oh, we were taken there. (laughs) It's like, yeah, what? But so he just, he said at that point, he just, even though it blew him away, it blew his mind. He forgot about it. He's like, I'm just going to lock this up. Never, you know, because he didn't want my mom to think he was crazy. If he said something like that, my mom, she'd be like, you've lost it, you know, take the kids. all that kind of stuff. So uh, he was like, yeah, I didn't want your mom to think I was crazy. So I just never brung it up and just kind of put it in the back of my mind. I feel like that's actually what a lot of people do who have uh, paranormal experiences and all that kind of stuff. They kind of, to kind of fit in, they just leave it, leave that stuff out. Right. And I feel like that's actually being crazy because what I was like, no matter how weird it was, I'm not going to just forget about it to fit into society because at that point I am crazy, you know, <laughs> like, cause at that point I'm just fitting fit, I'm, I'm changing the way I think just to be like everyone else, you know? And, and that kind of happened through my teenage years, you know, you know, I kind of lost this spiritual touch, I guess going, you know, I was, had a lot of anger issues and stuff like that growing up. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so so these experiences kind of confirmed and uh, I assume your father's not around anymore, but that's all, that's all you, you heard from, from him, just that uh, one experience. 
Oh yeah, and then um, also on his like a few weeks before he passed, might have been like two, you know, sh- shortly before his passing. He I'm walking by him and he stops me, and he like basically just grabs my arm and he looks up at me. And I'm like, you know, and this he's he's not, you know, he's been bedridden. He can't really talk too well, but he's like, they took me to the moon, like real raspy and stuff. Like they took me to the moon, and uh, I'm like, what? He's like. Yeah, they took me to the moon, and I'm like, who took you to the moon? He's like, I don't know. He's like, some, but he said some people came and took him from his deathbed, gave him the ability to walk and do stuff again. They took him to some place where he watched a bunch of videos, and you know, could this could all be a morphine trip? You know what I mean? But he said uh, they took him there, and he had to learn uh, all these different kind of customs and watch all these videos and things like that. And then he he said they took him up to the moon. And he said the backside of the moon is like what they say, like a city, like it's all lights and a big base and stuff like that. And he said they uh, took him in there and they basically, and he said they just showed him around, showed him around, showed him different things. And when I tried to ask what they were, he couldn't explain them. He's like, I can't even really like tell you what I'm, what I'm seeing. But at, and cause I was trying to, you know, uh, get him for the details, but he's like, He's already like bedridden. He, you know, he can't. That's all he can give me. But so I'm asking about that, and he said, just take him around, and show him stuff, and take him back to his bed. You know, take him back to his bed. And at one point, he wanted to make to me, as he is his like big story from it all. Is he said walking down in one of the hallways, he saw this guy looking down at his little tablet because he he was trying to ask me what a tablet was. He's like, what's that thing? You know, and you know this and that. Oh, tablet. And he's like, oh, he had a tablet, tablet. But he said the guy was looking at the tablet and two, tall, I guess, tall white grays, you know, tall white aliens walked by this dude. And the guy, but when the guy, but the guy looked up, made eye contact with my dad and just kept eye contact with my dad and then looked down at his tablet. And the point he was getting across was, I guess, like this guy uh, completely ignored these giant aliens that walked by him, like, because it's probably something he sees every day, you know? It's like, so he was trying to say, like, I guess if there is like a fake alien invasion or maybe there are real aliens and they come here, like it's, it'll be okay. You know, maybe for a lot of people, that's too much, that's too shocking of a thing, but it, you know, he's kind of, it's maybe that's the point he was kind of trying to get to me. Like you just get used to it. So, so he didn't, he didn't want you to be afraid. Like there was no warning, like son, they got moon bases and you got to watch out. (laughs) Yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, that was what he was getting across. Like, huh. because so, why? You know, I'm sorry. Why? You know, why would aliens and all the? If you're an intergalactical space traveling creature, why would you want to come down and interact with us when we're fighting each other over sports teams and <laughs> the you know the color shirt we're wearing that day? You know, and you know, you know that you know. I feel like that's kind of why they wouldn't really want to interact with us for the most part. We're not, we're not even ready to enter, you know, cause if we're doing that to each other, let alone something that looks different, you know, that is a different species of, than us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, I definitely have a lot of questions. So this tablet, did, do you remember maybe what year he was up there? Because it, it sounds like the tablet was like something he wasn't familiar with. This would have been about three years ago. Okay. But that wasn't when he was in service and potentially like oh, no. the story took place. What time period do you think? Nineties, eighties, seventies on his deathbed. Well, right. He told you the story on his deathbed. Oh, no. they, they took him from his deathbed 
and uh, we gave him the uh, gave it and then wow, took him and gave him the okay score i'm then. sorry i missed that part so <laughs> so he had this experience while he was okay i get it right so wow and uh, there's there's another part that goes with that uh, we came back from a restaurant and um i had to pee real bad and it was me and him in the truck and he's a tough dude and everything even though he's ms he's bedridden and you know basically supposed to be you know he likes to do his own thing kind of with that kind of stuff so i pulled his chair up and i'm like oh you got this he's like yeah i got this so i ran inside of his bathroom and when i came back out in the garage he has like this his eyes are all wide like and he's sitting in his chair and he's, he looks shocked and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm trying to like talk to him and he's, it takes him a second to, to tell me, but he says that when he was getting in his chair, like he felt, he was like stumbling and went to like fall. And then he said a force grabbed him like really hard and pulled him back onto his chair. So he thought it was me. He thought maybe I was still standing there. He looked around, nobody was around him. And then he sees me open up the garage door and <laughs> come out you know and, and so i guess he had like some force pull him back onto his chair and everything like that and then the the part that makes it really weird and is at his funeral he, you know when we were kids he kept saying oh, you'll see at my funeral type thing but at his funeral there was a big fish moment because the protocol for a veteran you know for the funeral or whatever is a one flag per deceased veteran and at this funeral they presented two flags and the guy who presented the flags was a uh, Navy SEAL. And my dad wasn't a Navy SEAL. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Before the funeral happened, we're all standing in there. And uh, the funeral lady says, hey, they're going to present another flag. Who is it going to go to? So I said, you know, our youngest sister. And we're like, that's weird. What's this two flag thing? But, you know, we're all sad. So we're kind of like, whatever. And so during the thing, you know, they do the flag thing, pulled it up, and they go to, to my mom. My mom's, you know, freaking out and everything. So I'm kind of just having my head down. And he says he says the words to her and everything like that. Gives her the flag, and then he gets up, turns around, and go. And the other flag is on a podium, a little post or a tripod thing. Already, he goes and grabs that and walks over to my sister, and she's to my left in the uh, second row back. And so he says the words to her, and I'm still kind of like having my head down. And uh, when he's stands up and salutes her. I look over and I just kind of looking at his, you know, ribbons and stuff like that, just, you know, out of curiosity. And I saw the Eagle and the Trident and it blew me back. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like this as a Navy seal. And then he just walked out. And after the funeral, a bunch of people were last were like, because he was a very popular swim coach and, you know, he was uh, a lot of people liked him and stuff like that. And so there was like over a hundred people there. And a bunch of people were asking me, what was that about? We've been to, you know, lots of military funerals and we've only seen one flag. Like, what's this two flag thing? I'm like, I don't have answers. <laughs> yeah, no. And I actually researched that and looked it up. Like, why would they do this? And they said it's protocol that the only, that's only one flag. So I guess essentially protocol was uh, broken. And so that was, yeah, that was pretty wild. And so anybody that has, that was there, right. They say, oh, Walt got two flags at his funeral. Someone Google up real quick. No, that's bullshit. They don't do that. No, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, because of the way facts are constructed. It'll always never be a truth, you know, in a way. It'll only be a truth for the people who are there. Right. And I say that with the facts too. I have like a little quote thing about it. Like it's the fact that Epstein killed himself. 
It's a fact that there's uh, more than two genders and it's a fact that there's no such thing as monsters. So, <laughs> so you know, facts, yeah, I'm, I'm for facts and things like that, but facts aren't everything. I hear you, man. I hear you for sure. Yeah, that's that's strange. Have you ever looked in to see if there's maybe like more examples of other you know, veterans that were involved in black budget programs potentially who had received two flags on their deathbed there? Yeah, he, he, I guess he was telling me maybe a movie like The Men Who Stare at Sheep. You know, that, that one movie, he told me like maybe check out that movie. And then he also told me uh, there was actually, uh, coincidentally, there was a movie called Smoking Aces 2, like part two, like direct to DVD, Assassin's Ball, the there's a character in that movie called that has the same name as my dad, Walter Weed. Right. And he's pretending to be just some pen pusher, you know, desk jockey guy. But in reality, he's like, you know, black ops, you know, unit member and stuff like that. Wow. And cause I, I've had, I've had a green beret colonel, like tell you know, tell me like, Oh, you should have seen your dad back in the Vietnam days. You know, he did some amazing stuff, but that's like, ah, you know, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of thing. And, and, and I got to see the movie, uh, Black Hawk Down in theaters before it was released to the public with the people that were involved there, because I guess the, my dad helped out some of those guys with the swimming at the, in Savannah and stuff. And so I got to see it and I bring that up because it's, you know, talk about the troops or whatever during the, all the action sequences, these guys were riled up, you know you know, savages having a great time and stuff. But by the end of the movie, as I was walking out, it was silent except for crying. You know, there's a bunch of guys in there crying and they're all huddling around each other. You know, it's okay, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of like, you know, I'm watching this Hollywood movie and it kind of took me out of it and showed me that in real time, you know, and that's the, that's the part that they don't put in the movies. (laughs) All the trauma and stuff that people have experienced. And, you know, even my dad on his deathbed, he stopped me one time and was mournful about the people he's killed. He's like, I blew them all up and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you're, you know, you're doing your job. You know, they're bad guys and stuff. And he's like, yeah, but I still, you know, killed them. And uh, because he would have those, you know how they say you see uh, shadow people and things like that. Like when you're, you know, like the grim reaper, he, he would tell me he'd, come in here and, you know, turn off the TV. Cause he said the, uh, newscasters would start looking real evil. You know, they would start looking like demons and stuff like that. Oh man. So he, yeah, he come in there and make me turn off the TV or he'd see like a shadow person in the corner of the room or something like that. He'd be like, you see that? <laughs> like, no, like, there's nothing there. He's like, and he's, you know, and, but right before his passing, he was, he was definitely at peace. Uh, cause he was telling me you should have, uh, maybe that's one of those things he kind of had to, one of the that shadow work he had to do in a way right so but he was like yeah because he's kind of like when he before he died like his organs were already like shutting down like he was basically like hanging on you know to the <laughs> you know the very last seat like he should have probably died a long time ago that's what the hospice nurses are like we don't know he should have been dead like two weeks ago you know but uh, yeah he was like i can see uh, you know he's like i wish you could see what i can see it's it's really beautiful like undescribably beautiful what the world he can get glimpses of, I guess, like Peyton. And, and that was something he said, you know, I guess to tell me uh, it's undescribable beauty, you know, yeah, made man. it through that, made it through it. But yeah, so that's, you know, but with him being in the military intelligence and his, you know, extraterrestrial stories connecting with my tricks, extra stories and stuff. Um, but it also connects to secret societies because um, in high school, which would have been years after the, reptilian thing classmate approached me 
And he taught me this number thing because he was like, Hey, I can tell you got a light or something like that. You got the light. He kept saying that. And then he's like, he's showing me this number thing. And he asked me what I thought of it. And I said, well, if numbers explain the physical universe, then this clearly states that there's no chaos and that things follow a law built. Things follow a a structure, a blueprint, uh, so to speak. There's, you know, there is order to the chaos, I guess. And I was basically saying like, yeah, there's a God, you know, it's clearly stays just whatever that is, there's a Supreme being, you know? And uh, he goes, Oh, that's good. That's good. You should think about being a Freemason. I'm like, what's a Freemason? And he's telling me, oh, it's a brotherhood. But looking back, I guess back now, he was a demo lay. Right. Which is like the junior Freemasons. Yeah. Interesting. But, and he uh, was like rec- trying to recruit you, essentially. Like, he, I think he, like, thinking back, he did say, I couldn't get into the demo lays, but he's like, try to be a Freemason, like work your way up and do good in school and try to. So he was really like going out of your way, out of his way. It wasn't like he was getting something out of it. He noticed something in you and said, Hey, I think you'd Mm -hmm. be a good fit for this. So did that go anywhere? Did you end up joining? What, what transpired after that? (laughs) Well, directly afterwards, a classmate sat down and I was like, you know, I I just learned this. I told her, I was like, Hey, let me show you this number thing. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care about numbers. Like she didn't see it. She didn't see the inner philosophy to that or whatever. And uh, he, he tells me, he's like, Hey man, uh, don't share that with people. He's like, that's, that's like for the elect few. Like, this is like, uh, this is like, you know, this is special knowledge. You know, this is uh, this in for everybody type thing. And, and I said, well, if it involves God, I'm going to tell to everybody I know. And there's a bunch of buzzing going there. But so, yeah, that's what I, that's what I, you know, I've been, sh- but it was kind of something I only would remember as kind of like a party trick, you know, like a little gimmick. Hey, look, I showed, uh, you know, when someone talks about numerology or something like that, I'm like, Hey, look, I know this little number thing. So tell me and, about the number thing. I, I assume it's the, mm-hmm. the black and white. It's not completely a checkerboard. It's like a checkerboard with an X um, over it. And I, you sent me the photo. I have the photo up here for the viewers. You can't see it, but it's like the nines across the top, zeros across the the left side, and then it says nine seven five three one zero, and then it go. Oh, okay, I see it. It's it's odds and evens there, so it goes mm-hmm. one two three four five six seven eight nine. Interesting. So what's the what's the game here? How do you how do you? Uh, is it, I'm gonna flip my camera. I have like a show us. Yeah, go for it. Thing here. There's my little book tripod. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this number thing, I just kind of forgot about it. I only remembered that one part, but when about a few years ago, I was, you know, because now I'm into the conspiracy stuff. I'm like, you know, what does this numbers crap even mean? <laughs> like, is there, is there anything else to it that I don't know about? So uh, this is what he did. He drew it out, zero to nine. Can you see that pretty clear? Oh, yeah. Zero to nine. And he said, the kingdom of God is within. So we add from outside to inside, essentially breaking down the layers. And 45, right? 45th president. That's kind of when shit started going weird. But you add outside to inside and it comes out to five nines. Okay. Which also equals 45. But so he says, that's the most high. That symbolizes God. We can't go any higher than God. So we have to break down from that point. So 
This time we use a subtraction and subtract from outside to inside. And it's a uh, nine, seven, five, three, one, which is the uh, masculine numbers. And it's the, and it's the, oh, where am I? Masculine numbers going from left to right, you know? Because even with the one being the, but, and then, so he says, this is atom or atom, you know, atomic. Right. So Eve is broken down from Adam. So at that point he says, we uh, subtract from God, we get Adam. We subtract from God and Adam and we get Eve, zero, two, four, six, eight, or the even numbers. Wow. Yeah. And, and then if we subtract it all, we get the four zeros. And then, so that's, that could be, you know, this is like a little thing here. Yeah. God, alpha, most high, God, Adam, positive, even, Eve, negative, God, omega source. Cause in the, that one verse it says, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So that would be 90 because this block actually adds up to a uh, 90. And, <laughs> but if you also notice here, all right, this is, it, it, it forms uh, this hexagram, you know, it's kind of like a flower uh, right here, but also see, I take out the, these, what is it? Yeah. Two, the four, two nines on each side, you add that 18, 36, 369. And this will come into play later with that a black and white symbol. That's, that's considered a magic square of the sun. But within that magic square of the sun, I, I just out of intuition, weird thing, I guess I, there's a story into that. It creates a uh, symbol for Mercury, the sigil for Mercury or whatever without the circles. But so uh, they say, people say we're God having a experience and stuff like that. So this is like Nikola Tesla says, uh, the key to the universe is 369. This, if you add it up, it all becomes uh, 36. 36, right. 3 plus 6 equals 9. And it's separated from this right here. So this, is, this would be God as the, the 90 and everything between, and this would be God and us. So it's kind of showing a duality of God's character. You know, like he's, all, he's the source of, of create creation, but he's also the spark of it and, or the, the pinnacle, you know, the, the high point of it. But then also, so they say zero has no effect over the physical universe. And this is all, all he taught me was this top part. And so this other stuff is just kind of things I've taken out of it. Okay. But so I took a zero and I put it to the other end and it creates this right here, one and then four elevens. So that goes into the 1111 make a wish 1111 synchronicity number. And also have you ever heard of Mark Twain's uh, mysterious stranger number 44? No, but Mark Twain is definitely a point of interest for me. He has one of his things is about uh, the mysterious stranger number 44. Okay. And in the title, they call that young Lucifer because you see here, it's like if Lucifer is the master of this universe, you know, under that effect, you know, even though God is supposedly the, master of every, you know, all admittance, he does give Lucifer power of this domain, you know, I guess in a way, that's what I'm just kind of theorizing. And that goes in, but so I feel like there's something about, um, I guess Alistair Crowley mentioned before about the, uh, power of the one next to the one and the 11, the duality mass number, there's 1440 minutes in a day. 
And also a square yard is 1,296 inches. So a square yard could be like, maybe that's our like magnetic field, you know, our orc field in a way, maybe it stretches out to that point in some way like our, and if you divide 1,440, which is how many minutes there are in a day by 1,296, you'll get this one alpha code thing going where it's just all ones. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's showing you that that's like a, what, you know, maybe that this is, I've had theories, maybe this is all to create something, you know, put something together or just kind of, and it goes into some other stuff here. And just, so what I did is I, I compare it with the uh, magnet, like with the zeros, the South pole and then nine is the North pole. So I, I bent him because when you bend a magnet and have the poles next to each other, the, the uh, magnetic effect is increased. Right. So, so what I did is I took the, I mirrored it and reversed it. And, and it creates this like barrier here. And the numbers inside of here, just like we did when we took out the 36, this will equal 72. And in Solomon says he trapped the 72 spirits in his brass vessel, you know? So it's kind of, right. it's like, and, and this thing too, if you take this two block thing, mirror thing, and you put it below, you can put it below, you can put it left, you can put it right, you can put it above. And no matter, you could, this is kind of like a mathematical flower of life, I guess you could say. <laughs> It'll just keep, you can just keep attaching new layers. So maybe every there's like a realm is held in by like a magnetic, this magnetic kind of lock. And this is the reality. And then maybe there's some way you have to go. Maybe this is like spiritual tunnel system. I don't know. I'm just going off. <laughs> it's just kind of theorizing, but 40 is the only number in the English language that goes in alphabetical order. And we know about how in the 40 days, 40 nights and how there's all that, you know, special stuff with 40 and all that. The only, the only le letter in the English language. Or the only uh, number in the English language. Right. Okay. I was going to say, cause mm -hmm. I just thought of a couple. <laughs> I'm like a, the, the name Abe, uh, that's not mm -hmm. really a proper word, but it's a name, but okay. I get what you're saying. So out of all the numbers, it's the mm -hmm. only one that kind of numerological cause I, I think most people who listen to the show understand this concept by now, but each each letter itself also has a numerical quantity and quality. So, yeah, I mean, 40, F is 6, O is 15, R is 18, T is 20, and, and Y is 25. So you can even do the math there and, and add those up all together. People are probably like, holy shit, Mark, how'd you know what every number quality of the letters are <laughs> off the top of your head? Well, I remember one of the first things that I ever saw in like this conspiracy memeology when I was in like high school was the news network Fox. And they were like, mm -hmm. look, Fox equals 666 because F is 6, O is 15, 1 plus 5 equals 6, and then X is 24, so 2 plus 4 equals wow. 6. So ever since then, I've just been like kind of schizophrenically doing this kind of math all the time. So I love what you're showing me right now, brother. I'm impressed awesome. because, <laughs> because honestly, I never thought to line it up with a magnet like that, and I, I think that's really 
thought-provoking. What stands out to me is 18 and 81 being kind of like, I mean, almost like milestones in someone's life, but also pretty like potent numbers. You see like that Mm. 81 like symbolism in certain places. I don't know. It just stands out for some reason to me, but it also is like the infinity, but then a line, you know, infinity. you see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eight is an infinity and one is just like a a one dimensional plane. Right. So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a contrast there too. So very, very interesting stuff, brother. (laughs) <laughs> and um i'm actually curious i never actually thought about doing it so i might check actually check that out later <laughs> see what that comes out to yeah well and, and uh, i will say marty Leeds, who we just had on the show he's got some really fantastic books on this subject but what i've noticed is like there are different ciphers and different codes depending on which secret society we're talking about so uh, i would imagine you broke into like I mean, in a code breaker kind of way, thanks to this hint that a, a peer gave you, you, you kind of cracked maybe like an Abrahamic Freemasonic type of cipher here. I, I think it's really fascinating, dude. Yeah. And so with the, uh, 90, right. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, some Gematria stuff here. I did that with the, this is a PQRST wave, which is like a little heartbeat monitor. Okay. And oddly enough, this kind of represents like life in a way, right? You're boom, you're born. You reach your peak and come to, if you live a good life and then you come up and then you pass on. Right. But I did that and that actually comes out to 90. Wow. I mean, and that's and, like considered a, a nice lengthy life. If you live till 90, I know some of my oh, yeah. grandparents <laughs> are going past that, but that's, yeah. Oh, nice. Good. And, but I did some studying about the heart and the heart because about the way a heartbeat works, right. A heart, a heart rests at a negative 90 or it's uh, polarized at a negative 90 millivolts. So another coincidence with the 90 thing there before it can, you know, the, it creates that spark that makes the heart contract and beat. Mm. And uh, so the heart, we don't think about like, cause it beats so many times throughout the day, but we don't think about it. It's kind of an Ouroboros. It's kind of this infinite, this electrical, cause it is an electrical process that is constantly going on to keep us alive. This is, yeah, thing, you know, I think I even heard pumps, something you know? recently that they found that the heart is not a pump like we're told in anatomy class. Mm. Like it's this much more complicated process and it might not even be like compressing the blood like what we would think a heart would do. Maybe it's operating in a more electromagnetic function. I mean, there is iron in our blood. Iron is certainly magnetic or mm, at least response to a magnetic force. So, yeah, man. So you also have the alpha and the omega here. 90 equates the alpha and the omega. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. And the, you know, it comes out to, you know, 290 is 180. And you were saying earlier about the 18 and the how that's a, a sacred number and everything like that. The Hindus consider 18 a sacred number or 108 a sacred number. And the Jewish people, they consider 18 a lucky number. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, I put a Peter Shampoo, a recent guest as episode 108. I think it was out of order <laughs> from when we scheduled, uh, or when we recorded them, but I was like, you know what? Peter's episode deserves the 108. <laughs> <laughs> and, but this goes into some, Cuba Saturn stuff here with in a minute because uh, 108 times two is uh, 216, wow. and 216 is a six times six times six cube. 
Damn. Yeah, and I actually, I, again, you can't see this because it's through OBS. I encourage folks listening to check out our Rockfin account. We put all the video versions of the show on Rockfin, and you shared with me in our Instagram chat a cube that's basically, I mean, I don't even know how we would describe the process of how they make crop circles. I was going to say burnt into the crops, but mm-hmm. it's it's like, I guess it's more of a fusion process and maybe there's even lithium in there. But yeah, this really fascinating crop circle with a cube and not just any mm-hmm. cube. It's not like a, like one line pointing to another line. There's like a, a very, very detailed image of a cube in a crop circle and it's uh given you know the axis it's kind of like pointing at its three-sided nature and it's also kind of it's in a circle too so it's like a circle in a square symbolism too but it's interesting because i also notice the now that you have both on the screen here the connection between the north south east west math that you did there with this cube shape is that come into play at all it probably does but actually i never thought about that so yeah well i mean there's six sides of a cube yeah. six six directions oh, wow. there you know or eight right yeah. is it eight i'm eight. sorry oh yeah eight. <laughs> but in you know, that cube you know that black and white symbol that's right. the i i came up with that because i just put i just drew the numbers out like basically like the uh, the snake thing you know like mm-hmm. a, or or boris and, it, and i'm like wait a minute this kind of creates a six times six graph so I found uh, that checkerboard on the internet because I'm like trying to be cool or whatever. With it. But, you know, actually tapping into the dualistic of it, right? And I was just going to see if it if it fit in. So I I created like that. I put the numbers on the outside. And, and then I did three slashes going one way. One, two, three. And then I did one, two, three. And it created that X and a diamond symbol on that a black and white image. And that's also, I guess I looked up, that's kind of like a, uh, the sigil for Mercury. Right. And, and so that, that symbol there with the, even with the numbers bordering it, it's one side of that cube crop circle, mm. because on that cube crop circle, there's that border and then there's that open and it's, and it's a six times six graph one side. Right. And you know what, so, to our point earlier, mm-hmm. there are eight points on a cube. So that would maybe be the eight directions, but I'm just trying mm-hmm. to, I'm just trying to sound smart now. So I'll, oh, I'll dude, let you it, do that. <laughs> it, it probably does, man. I, you know, that's a lot of this stuff, like even with that crop circle, I, it's stuff I would post online and be, I don't even know what it means. So I'm hoping someone will kind of tell me, Okay. but some, but, but people, you know, will, will hate they'll point something out and it'll open up a new door for me to take it. You know, I'll tell you what, man, past mm-hmm. guests slick. This would, would love to talk to you. I could tell, I don't know if he's watching on Rockfin, but he's listening in the telegram. Shout out to all of our telegram users. Thank you for following us and being a part of the telegram family, but you could listen to the show live on telegram. Like my man, Gabe over here and he's very much into a lot of what you're showing me here in the notebook, bro. I love it. It's uh it's definitely fascinating stuff. So and what does this all mean? I mean, what obviously um, your your experiences kind of sent you down this path where all of this research is more than just, you know, something you're doing for a hobby. It seems to me like there's like a, a passion, like an intuition that that's pushing you to to decipher these kind of things am i am i correct in that assumption oh yeah because i got one i can that's 
to show people is it, it, a lot of this kind of stuff, it just kind of pops in my head, like with the heart. Like, I don't even remember how I started looking up PQRST waves. It's just, I ended up there. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> and, but also with 1776, I thought about 1776. And so I was like, okay, is there something esoteric algebra or something like that? So I said, there's duality and duality can be, can symbolize, you know, two, one, two. And then I thought about how the pentacle is a big thing, like, and also how the pentacle is the symbol for a humanoid. Have you ever heard of that? The, yeah, the five, I mean, five, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen like the, I think it's Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci. They have like the, uh, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that very famous drawing. But yeah, I've seen that as a pentagram for sure. Yeah. The five elements. And so I said, okay, let me divide 1776 by two five times. And what happens is it comes out to three eights or triple eight, uh, triple four, triple two, triple one, and then 55.5. So it's like, hmm, that's a, I was like, that's a weird synchronicity there. It kind of looks like a, and it kind of makes this tower. I'm like, you know, okay, let me see how I can make a connection. So I look up the Washington monument or no, I didn't, I didn't look it up. It was one of those kind of things. I just kind of came across some meme about the Washington monument and said 55 that the Washington monument is 555 feet. Right. So I wow. said, boom, there, <laughs> as, as, as above, so below. Yeah. And also if you notice that there's a next to the Washington monument is that big pond. Uh-huh. So I guess if you're standing from one end, it's yeah, it's reflecting and as above, so below, like the energy is going up, but then the energy is going also going into like this mirror world. I guess. Yeah, you know, strangely enough, the movie Forrest Gump comes to mind in that like famous scene where they're standing in front of that pond, but it, you know, it's like a, a man-made reflecting pool, and yeah, it definitely is this kind of like mirror world imagery, and you don't see that with every obelisk. It's funny you see that with that obelisk, maybe others, but I know mm-hmm. there's one uh, that's also pretty monumental in what is it? Now I'm forgetting the name. Central Park. How could I forget that? In New York City, they have uh, Cleopatra's Needle, which was actually removed from Egypt and brought to New York City. I don't know if it's like a well-known feature of Central Park because there Mm -hmm. is so much else that they point you towards. And I remember last time I was there this summer, I could not find it. But yeah, yeah, sorry. Total tangent. But obelisks are strange, especially when you Mm -hmm. go into a cemetery and you see that everybody who is a Freemason is buried under an obelisk, and then, you know, it's very clearly kind of a phallic symbol as well. So um, who knows? Maybe that's what the birth of the nation, you know, they're symbolizing that with the mm-hmm. the Washington Monument. And also uh, a thing that happened in the beginning of our country is they actually went to that, during 9-11, there was that church next to the Ground Zero Okay. that the towers missed. And back in the day, the George Washington, the House of Representatives and Congress, they all like did this big ritual essentially and went to this church and they went inside of this church and prayed to God to bless America. In Manhattan? Yeah, Manhattan. Wow. It's called, yeah, there's a church there. It's, uh, it's the, it, it, all you have to do is type, uh, you know, 9-11 church and I'm sure it'll is it, the, but, um, is it the really interesting kind of like Renaissance architecture type church? The uh, I think it's like oh uh, no, just a small. It's not old a chapel. Okay. Yeah. 
but it just kind of shows that like even back then like you know they would basically just do a giant ritual like that in public and it was just a part of how things went in america <laughs> but it could have you know they're praying to god but from what we know they you know maybe it wasn't the god we think <laughs> uh, yeah i mean that is the thing here with freemasonry is that they don't really tell you which god to pray to but you get the impression that some, maybe the higher ups are in on uh, some knowledge and maybe that's what that knowledge includes, you know, who the real God that they're kind of open to any God. And then you figure out, oh, it's actually this guy, Lucifer, whoever it is. I mean, we've done a podcast recently uh, with, you know, that topic and it was kind of more on the level of Lucifer's all bad, but I've also heard people talk about Lucifer as like this light bringer, you know, I don't personally have any, <laughs> any, like, I don't take a side, but I will say I'm, I don't support any, any evil that's been done and I don't plan on associating with any evil entities, but I definitely have read things that make or gives you the impression that Lucifer is not all bad. But yeah, it definitely feels like that's in the zeitgeist of Freemasonic uh, things that you at least hear. I actually have the dictionary. Maybe I should see what the Freemasons define Lucifer as uh, right here, right now on the show. Mm -hmm. Let's see, my man. Lucifer. This is one of the benefits. You know, I told my mom, she's like, what do you want for Christmas? I said, money. And she said, no, you're just going to buy books. I said, well, I need, <laughs> I need to buy books. That's my job. I, I, I read my books on the job. You know, now I get paid to, mm -hmm. to read this shit. Well, awesome. sort of, not really. I mean, I get paid a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Help us out on the Patreon. So I get paid more to do this. But anyways, looking for the word Lucifer and uh, curiously, it's not in their dictionary. I don't know who mm. this Robert McCoy is, but that's a, that's a letdown. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that was a failed attempt at looking into the dictionary. But you've you got any more note notes in the notepad to share us, or you want to turn the camera? Oh, yeah. on? What do you got? I was gonna uh, go over this real quick and then okay. talk about this new this new aspect of the Last Supper, which kind of goes into Lucifer a little bit. Let us know. So I just out of this is another little gematria thing. So I just took the north is north and south are five letters. And then west and east are four letters. Northwest, northeast, southwest, southeast are nine letters. So I put that number here. And when you so down here you add up north, south, east, and west by how many letters are in the um, how many yeah, letters are in the word. And it's 18. So we have the nine there. And then northwest, uh, northeast, southwest, southeast comes out to 36. And when you add those two together, 18 plus 36 equals 54. So that's the nine thing too. But then I that'll go into this other thing. But so also I what I did next is I took the actual I went to the Gematria website and took the actual Gematria value of the the directions. And it came out for north, 75, northeast is 120, east is 45, southeast is 128, south is 83, southwest is 150, west is 67, and northwest is 142. So I, what I did here is north, south, and east, west is gematria value is 270. Or, yeah, 270 in a gematria code. 
and then north the the northwest northeast southwest southeast in gematria is 540 when you add all the values up so 270 plus 540 is 810 and when you add 810 with 90 it comes out to 810 and 90 is 900 <laughs> so you know it and that's the directions right because where does 90 come in 90 is the pointer that's us right we're in the middle of this magnetic field and 90 is us connected to it and that's and it's strange that not only does it match up with the letters but the gematria value comes out to this 90 stuff too showing like a, a magnet synchronicity with the with the number thing i guess yeah wow yeah that's that's really fascinating stuff man the gematria stuff i don't know how how the audio listeners are going to take it because it is you know a lot of visuals but it's you know it's definitely interesting mm -hmm. stuff and it's a great opportunity for me to get more people on to our rockfin account because it's free if, you, yeah, if you're there when we're mm -hmm. live it's free and and then obviously all the video content goes to the patreon so ron i love it brother and the telegram is wild right now people are listening they're they're chiming <laughs> in they're they're talking about nines they're talking about 1776 so you're definitely speaking our language but yeah man i don't know i mean i def i definitely have more questions than answers at this point i just uh I wonder, like, you know, a couple questions, maybe if we can go back to the experience and, like, how oh. this mm -hmm. connects to, you know, where you're at right now. Like, I wonder, do you, ha, has the thought ever crossed your mind, like, if the experiences you and your father had were in some way, like, a warning to him to not disclose this kind of information to anyone? And that's why it wasn't until he was, like, you know, about to pass away that he was, you know, sharing this type of stuff and even having more experiences seeming like, you know, consensually too, like it didn't seem like it, it bothered him. I mean, right. It, it seemed like he enjoyed the, the contact. Oops. Did you hear the me? Did I break up? up? Oh yeah. I broke up. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. No, I'm just asking, you know, if you think that he was, being visited and you were visited in that way as like a warning, you know, to, for him to not disclose any of this information, you know, it seems like it wasn't until he was about to pass away that he shared this stuff with you. Yeah. And it, it might even be a ancestral thing because I, I did the ancestry.com and I looked up, I do have a percentage of Ashkenazi Jew. So that's maybe a, a connection with the gematria being a Jewish thing. And also my great grandfather was a, a Freemason and seemed to be a pretty big shot type one. <laughs> he was the head of like this organization and that, you know, and that he was, was his this and that, and that. Uh, his grandfather, his grandfather. So your great grandfather. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's definitely, I mean, typical what we hear with folks that are in these sorts of groups is that they have these kind of connections back and forth from the military to, you know, all these different organizations. But yeah, man, this is, this is fascinating stuff. I'm, uh, I'm wondering, and this is the part where it's, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> this is, but the, you know, cause I know the Jamatria stuff is a little out, but so I put my actual birth name, which is Ron Robert Gavina. We, I put it into the Jamatria thing. And it comes out that the 
English Gematria is 1,296, you know, 36 times 36 or 1,296 divided by 216, six times. Yeah. So, but so the simple Gematria of my name is 216, which is a six times six times six cube. And then 99, which is the 18, and then 297 is uh, 33 times nine. And then uh, 108, you know, the thing. And then if you add up all those numbers, it comes out to 720, which is, uh, they say like you do a 360 and you do the shadow work and then you do another circle to as like an ascension type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so my name has to do with, because it comes out and I unraveled the magic square of the sun and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, my name has to do with a six times six times six cube. <laughs> and I know this number thing that unravels into six times six times six cubes stuff. And so I'm like, okay, maybe this, him teaching me this number thing wasn't as much of an accident as I thought it was initially thought it was. And maybe they ran my name through whatever program and said, heck, you know, this kid, because I also thought too, that with my experience, it could have possibly been a gin possession. Hmm. Like, have you seen uh, the movie Wishmaster? No. It's, it's this horror movie from back in the day where this gin or genie, he grants you wishes, but whatever you wish for, he always finds some way to twist it around and make it benefit him. <laughs> so what I was thinking is one of my theories is maybe they, I was a vessel for one of, for a demonic entity you know, to take control of and where they, they said you would be rich and powerful. Right. And I would experience it. I would feel it. But the thing is, is I wouldn't be in control of that vessel. That demon would have came in and possessed me. So it's like, yeah, we gave you what we said we were going to give you, <laughs> but you, we didn't, we didn't tell you that you'd be the one running the show, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So that's where I kind of feel maybe it could have been, I could have been like a, a vessel for a entity, you know? I was linking with the Q Saturn, but uh, this is the, uh, so the Da Vinci, right? I, I don't have actually have the Da Vinci painting up, but this, the, this is the depth of the painting, the painting itself, the magnetic connection or the space in between. And then us standing there looking at the painting, because when you look at the painting, it's the, uh, the table, right? When, if you're say you're standing in front of the Da Vinci painting and you're looking at it, there's the three arcs, right? And then Jesus's head is in the center arc. The the light source is behind Jesus's head because Jesus re in astrology represents the sun. So that's where the, so Jesus is the light source. So it's a light source, which is behind, because, you know, Da Vinci shows the depth through the, through the back, you know, the left eye is the third left arc, third eye, middle arc, right eye, the right arc. And then you have the optic chasm which is what takes the light to the visual cortex, which is in the back of the brain. So when you're standing there looking at Da Vinci's painting, not only does it form a cross, like it's you're at the bottom of the cross looking up because uh, Jesus's feet used to be crucified right there. So you're looking, you're actually forming a cross when you're standing in front of this painting, looking at it, but also a cross is the way we transfer light to the, to the back of our brain, to the visual cortex. Wow. It, and, and also if you look at the way light, like the, if you look at light diagrams, how light enters eyes, it looks like the symbol for Lucifer. Cause you have the, 
you know, light going to one light going into the right eye. And then you have the line going across to the left eye. And then you have one going here to the left eye and then it goes across to the right eye. Right. that. So it's, and it's coming in. So Da Vinci's painting, but this is maybe in theory perspective theory is not only forming a cross, but he's explaining how the visual cortex processes light the same way we process as painting. That's, I mean, that's so fascinating for the listeners. I mean, the, the shape, it's like a, a horizontal cross and it's bringing to mind something I was looking at in the glossary of architecture that I have. And this concept of like a church being, you know, microcosm, macrocosm, you know, you have this sort of body, the body of man encoded in the actual design of the building from a bird's eye view. But yeah, man, I mean, this is a definitely a deep topic that deserves a whole entire other conversation. But Ron, I mean, I got to thank you, brother. This has been fascinating stuff from your story to your theories to the connections you're bringing to mind. I'm definitely impressed and I definitely would love to have another conversation about the, you know, the Last Supper and whatever else you find along the way, man, because this is some interesting oh. <laughs> stuff. Absolutely. And I, you know, I appreciate you uh, giving me an opportunity to come on here and talk to you and everything like that and share my story. Cause uh, you, you know, for many years it's fallen off deaf on deaf ears. So it's finally nice to, and I, I had a feeling uh, that's why I reached out to you because of the way you talked and think, you know, things you brought up. I was like, you know, a lot of people not saying that they don't, but they don't really get the deeper layers that you, that you've been able to get and understand, you know, it, that's you. where they kind of say, yeah, most people just see numbers, but you were able to see through that veil and, and see the deeper aspects of it. And to the listeners too, that that's, the, there's actually a lot more it breaks out into, but that's a whole different, <laughs> that's, a, well, that's some, you know, ex, yeah. you know, that's, you know, that's for the listeners to unravel more for themselves. And that's why I don't really try to give away too much because the, it, it, it loses the effect, the scholarly effect of, of learning it yourself, you know, instead of it being taught to you, you learn it by going through that journey of unraveling it. Well said. Yeah, I think that's that's the most important thing that you can learn is how to learn, you know, because then from there mm -hmm. you go and you, you find all this stuff in this synchromystic way. So, yeah, Ron, man, this has been another uh, synchromystic conversation. I thought we were going to spend the whole time talking about aliens and reptilians, and, and we ended up getting into a lot of really cool symbolism. So. I definitely, again, would love to have you back to get into this deeper. And yeah, like we said, a lot of visuals this episode. So folks go over to the Rockfin and, and check out the premium content. Patreon also will have this video. And uh, Ron, is there somewhere where the folks can follow up with you if they want to leave you a message or, or, you know, share their thoughts with you or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, at uh, Berserk Space Cowboy on Instagram. Right on. So yeah, I just, yeah. All spelled normal, and that'll be in the in the, the description. So folks, follow Ron on Instagram. Tell him what you think. Maybe you'll hear from some people who have also had similar experiences, which could be relieving, maybe, or or maybe disturbing. Who knows? We'll have to find out next time. <laughs> next time you're here. But I got to ask you one last question. With all you know and with everything you do, does your family think you're? Cr they do because of the stuff I talk about, but they actually understand, they know that I'm a logical thinker as well. You know, they, so you have a good they know I'm very logical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't take any of my life advice, but I'm no guru or anything like that. I'm just a regular guy, you know, but uh, yeah, they think I'm, 
they think what I say is crazy, but they know I'm I'm not. Love it. I, <laughs> I love it, man. Well, cheers to you. Thank you so much for joining us here. And thank you folks for listening wherever you are in the now. All right. What a conversation with Ron Weed. So many different twists and turns. We talked about his contact D experience and then Gematria and the ciphers. I definitely recommend that you check out the video version of this episode because Ron had some really cool stuff to show us from his notebook. It was not a screen share. It was from his notebook. He's been writing down uh, a lot of interesting stuff, but we're going to go into a extended outro segment here with uh, Slick Dissident in the uh, Telegram live stream. Shout out to Matt Black and Rob B. They got spirit animal names as well as Slick and uh, our friend Dan Donanaki, who is also listening in the Telegram. If you want to be a part of the community, show up in the Telegram, be there when we go live, listen to the show live, and uh, hang out while the show's still growing because this thing is moving and changing and getting bigger every day. I can't do it without your support. If you're into supporting the show, go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash MFTIC. Not only do we have some really awesome bonus content for you to find there, but like I said, I'm in touch with you guys, building a community here. We have a private Patreon Telegram only. So if you're a part of the Patreon already, join that Telegram. I know there's some of you who are still not a part of that Telegram. We definitely want to have a cool little Patreon Telegram And in the future, I'm planning on hosting uh, basically like a monthly get-together for patrons. So you guys can share your synchros with me and the group and maybe meet some like-minded folks and learn some new things from other like-minded folks. And maybe some folks who aren't so like-minded because I know the show is definitely not an echo chamber. We've had a variety, a plethora, if you will of different guests with unique perspectives and that's exactly what i aim to do here and when i say the show's changing i mean all for the better and i can't do it without your support and you know if you want the show to remain free uh sign up on uh, patreon what i mean by that is you know there are ways where i can maybe cut the show in half and charge you for the second half and that does sound like a very very good option i see a lot of awesome podcasts doing that very same thing uh with a lot of success and you know i definitely don't you know i'm not fooling myself here i have a long way to go before i get to uh that level but that's what i intend on doing so for the time being if you want to be with the show in the early stages and be a part of this community maybe even jump on the show because like today's uh second guest that you're about to hear you know he's a very big part of the telegram community and you know when i'm doing the outros it's a lot easier to chat with someone like him who also listened to the interview uh, as you'll hear in a moment um than it is to maybe call up my buddy you know ryan from the dangerous world podcast shout out to you you know, we don't really have time necessarily to listen to each other's shows. At least I don't expect him to listen to my show. I really appreciate it if he does. And, you know, to the best of my ability, I'll check out his show. But I'm not going to lie to you guys and say I've listened to every episode of his podcast. Listen to some of it. Definitely heard myself on it because I was there live on his show. 
<laughs> but I don't know. There's something about creating this kind of audio art, and I've heard musicians say the same thing. Like, it's not easy for me to listen to my own voice, so I don't necessarily go and listen to my own podcast. Uh, I do edit it, so I have to listen to some of it. Uh, but I'm mostly editing for the quality of the sound and doing my best to find any mistakes or things that could be uh, fixed, like ums and ahs. Take those out and save you guys the headache uh, to the best of my ability. I think those little things there make the show better and more uh, pleasing to listen to. Uh, just my opinion. You're not going to find that kind of editing in every show. Even really amazing shows don't do that level of precise editing that I try to achieve here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And you know what? In light of achieving things, that's what I'm talking about here. Achieving. I want to go further. I want to strive. I want this podcast to be one that you recommend to your friends and say, hey, this guy is crazier than me and look at all the smart people that he's talked to and maybe you could learn something from some of these conversations that they've had and look at him he's crazy he's not perfect but seems like uh he's on to something i don't know maybe i'm getting a big head i did take gypsum and apparently that's a side effect but it did knock the uh pimple i had right off my face like i've never seen before uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, not endorsing any type of treatment, but that was uh, strange. Either way, my goal here is to achieve. And part of that is consistently putting out episodes and maintaining a level of quality from each episode. I don't know. Not every episode hits the, you know the same points and that's the best part you know variety but i want you guys to learn something new every time you listen to the show that's the goal and i think the best way for that to happen is for me to be uh striving to do my best as a host and ask the best questions uh not talk over the guests leave room for them to give the best answers and also do my best to not repeat things that maybe you can hear the guests talk about on other shows. Because I know, you know, you're not just listening to my show. You definitely should be listening to great shows like the Higher Side Chats, Tinfoil Hat, Grimerica. I mean, so either way, long rant aside, me and Slick talked a little bit about this conversation with Ron. And then he shared uh, some awesome stuff that he's been looking into connections to Spider-Man and the Spider-Man series, you know, slick dissident. He's been looking at all of the mythological symbolism that Marvel uses throughout their culture series. I mean, it's not just movies, it's comic books, it's TV shows. It's a whole compendium of, of different stories and it's totally totally interesting for me as somebody who grew up with all that content to see the occult symbolism that was so pervasive throughout this material so i hope you find that interesting and i hope you enjoy again show us some love on patreon if you love the show and ooh, one last thing tara and i we are somewhat of artists i guess you could say i'm not trying to sound pretentious there i hope you guys don't think that sounds pretentious to be honest uh, i just like smoking weed and creating art um and i liked crystals and i was a dirty hippie hanging out in uh 
smoking weed and, and wrapping up crystals and I got really in touch with crystals and metal and I, I like creating jewelry it's fun for me it's like a meditation practice and after a couple years of doing it I think uh, people really started to resonate with the stuff I was creating I have sold a couple of my pieces to different shops in the area uh, and I've sold a couple of them uh, through social media that was all before I did podcast and naturally I have a bunch that I still have and I still make them I made one a couple days ago, uh, one with 16 different crystals in it. I thought that was cool. Um, I'm always trying to push myself there. But if that's your thing, or if you like crystals, or if you if you know that vibes are important, guess what? These crystals are cleansed. They're charged. I leave them in the sun, cleanse them with sage. I wrap them up in a nice bag, and then I ship them off to you, whoever it is that buys these beautiful wraps made by me uh, some of them take up to you know three or four days to finish uh, spending maybe like four or five six hours at a time so they're definitely uh, works of art that I've put a lot of time into and I think they're unique you know you can find a lot of really complex wraps on you know social media and different Etsy shops but and definitely at festivals, which uh, I'm not really one to go to, uh, but people always told me I should have to sell these things. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I've never seen anyone make a style quite like mine. And maybe that's because I just taught myself how to do it. And I think naturally when you teach yourself how to do something, you express yourself through that artwork. So if jewelry is your thing, check that out and my lovely girlfriend Tara is a painter she paints these really cool artworks they're kind of sexual they're definitely not something you would put up in your living room I don't know depending on what kind of living room you have but it's not uh, it's not perverse in any way they're very beautiful depictions of divine feminine goddesses and I think they're uh, you know a perfect addition to your home if you want to bring that goddess energy into your life so check those out if that sounds cool to you you can find all of the links to that on our website myfamilythinksimcrazy.com you go uh, to the shop you can just type in myfamilythinksimcrazy.com slash shop or you can go down to the menu there click shop and check it out we got all the pictures uh, click on the picture that you like takes you to the link purchase it and we will ship it to you as soon as possible because this is what I'm doing folks this is what I'm doing you know I uh, I work for a couple different clients we'll say uh, tinfoil hat obviously is one of them um, and several different other podcasts and that's how I do this job you know and thanks to the patrons and thanks to, to the Rockfin supporters I'm able to do this uh, with more time uh, out of my day because it is a time-consuming thing and we do pay money for this uh, not just me but everybody who hosts their own podcast pays money so i can't do it without your support so thank you so much for listening uh, definitely check out all those links in the description and yeah have a happy holidays i uh i hope everybody has a happy holidays and a happy new year maybe you're not listening to this in the present moment maybe you listen to this four or five years ahead of time 
all of those things will probably still exist patreon and the shop and all that so check it out and uh, have a happy holidays in the now uh, enjoy this conversation with gabriel peace yes i can what's up bro how you been wonderful good uh-huh. to chat i've been real good how are you been good good i wanted to uh i wanted to invite you to join me for one of these extended outros that i've been doing i don't know if you caught them because i notice you do listen on telegram which i appreciate not a lot of people listen on telegram and it's the one of the few ways to listen to the show live it's not always consistent because the technology kind of sucks for me anytime i go and do something else on my phone if a text comes up it sometimes takes the live stream down which then if i'm in the middle of a conversation with a guest i'm like you know too focused on that to go and set it back up again so i haven't quite fixed all the kinks but i i noticed that you're in there and you hang tight with me when i when i do have it going so i appreciate that and that being said I figured since you were one of the few people to listen to some of the three or four conversations I've had in the past day or two, uh, you know, you might be a great candidate to be (laughs) in the outro. And, you know, given all the other conversations we've had, I'm sure it'll take us into all kinds of other weird spaces. But that's what we love here at the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. So I hope you don't mind. We're rolling right into the recording without uh, any pre show but uh yeah here we are brother what do you think sweet heck yeah keeping it candid (laughs) cool that's (laughs) that's like the strategy and it's also the transparency thing too because i want the folks who are patient enough to stick around to the outro to get to know me a little bit better as i grow as a host because i you know completely realize like oh wow this is a whole new set of skills that yeah, some of them maybe I have uh, overlapping uh, abilities in from some of the previous jobs I've had as a farmer's market uh, salesman and as a door-to-door, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it, canvasser. Canvasser is the word to call it. So I have some, you yeah. know, communication skills, but it really podcasting, <clears throat> especially the technical side, is all new to me. Uh, so I want to be as transparent as possible and, you know, give people maybe a reason to support the show and see who I really am, you know, and I feel like the best way to do that is with these extended outros where we are a little bit more candid and, and you know, I connect with folks like you who, you know, check out the show on a regular basis, which is really cool. And I appreciate you for being, you know, a big supporter, you know, because the having folks in the telegram chat i'm like okay cool we're going somewhere and then when people drop out i'm like well maybe we need to change topics i don't know (laughs) maybe i shouldn't pay attention (laughs) to it but it sometimes is a helpful tool so but yeah what are your thoughts on the past couple interviews i'm not sure which outro we i guess it'll be based on which one you remember the best oh okay well uh i think my favorite because i listened to it uh, twice already was uh, Peter Shampoo for right. sure. Am I saying that right? Shampoo? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. That one is just a gem. It's a treasure and it's something that I knew I would have to listen to again 
just to glean all of, you know, optimal value from it because everything out of his mouth was like, uh, just jam packed with highly valuable information. And Uh, what's so cool about that? Sorry, go Uh ahead. Well, he was so casual about it. You know, he's like (laughs) dropping these, these little facts. And for me, I'm trying to keep my brain in my ears, but he's known these things for so long. They're just casual to him. Yes. And in this synchronistic way, you know, it was so cool how I even found out about Peter, you know, just going, uh, about my journeys with Tara, we find this book, sacred stones, uh, or I'm sorry, spirit in the stone and talking about the ham and acid ley line, which set me off on a whole set of, you know, synchronicities that have been kind of documented now in the your handbook for the apocalypse series which you happen to be the first guest we ever had on so thank you for doing that appreciate you jumping in there that was an awesome episode and that um, was that was an, an honor for me as well but on the point about peter yeah it was so cool to like find somebody like himself who a had so much to inform on you know, my personal region of the world where I was born and where I travel quite often, just going on little drives around New England and Connecticut. But also, like you said, a wealth of information, casual, very nonchalant, and and with purpose too. I mean, it was so cool because this part wasn't uh, in the book, you know, what he's been up to lately, which is, you know, activating that (laughs) ancient... um, I forget sky temple. I forget the exact way he put it, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating. I definitely encourage folks to go back and listen to episode 108, but I was more, uh, referring to the telegram live stream, uh, conversations you've listened to, uh, you know, in the past few days I've interviewed, uh, Ron weed. I've interviewed Chaz, uh, paranormal researcher. I had Andreas, uh, Exodus back on the show for a, uh, third time. And then I also spoke with Matt Raymer, which I don't think that one was streamed on the telegram, but yeah. Do any of those stand out? Because I I'm looking to record the outro, um, for one of those episodes right here, right now. And, uh, yeah, I just figured whichever one was closest to your memory, we could maybe talk about a little bit mm-hmm. and then that'll lead way. Cause I do want to comment a little bit on, um, on all of the episodes. I mean, they've been fascinating. Chaz of the dead. We got into the B theory, psychonautic high strangeness, the South American Nazis that he went and investigated himself, uh, Ron Weed, we talked about his reptilian contact experience, his father who was possibly playing playing a much larger role in naval intelligence than on paper might lead you to expect, and then a bunch of Gematria stuff, which I'm sure you are going to be all over once the visual side <laughs> of it is out because we put the, I mean, I think you were in the Telegram Live for that. I don't know. Was that live yeah. on Rockfin? Did you see that? Did you catch that? Because yes, it is live on Rockfin. But the the stuff yeah. that Ron had in his notebook was so interesting. Like I I was not expecting that. And I, I will say his handwriting is very similar to mine, if not a little neater. So I don't know what that says about our consciousness, but we have almost the same handwriting. 
Oh, that is interesting. I love I love when that happens. Uh, I think you know. I think I'd go with uh, Ron Weed because uh, you're right when you said. Uh, I mean, you dropped my name. You were like, "Sounds like something slick dissident would be interested in," and I was. <laughs> I was. It was lighting up my imagination for sure. Yeah, right. I was on the Telegram side. Right. And yeah, in uh, that one, it it is kind of a beautiful thing, you know. It it lends to this idea that's uh, not original to me at all, but you know, it kind of I would I would encapsulate the idea from a it's a line from the book uh, A Wrinkle in Time, and in the Wrinkle in Time, the line is, I think it's a lyra, uh, it's a verse from Rumi. That's actually the origin. It's from Rumi where it says the light. Oh no. The scar is the place where the light enters and, or maybe it's wound. I messed that all up. It's the, where the wound, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And that is uh, what I believe, you know, it's the idea of whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, you know, those of us who have, you know, psychological, uh, you could say scarring or just changes to our perception, eventually they become blessings in disguise. You know, it becomes the silver lining. And I could definitely tell that, you know, from, from his stories as a child, uh, you know, in the beginning of the interview was kind of, uh, it just took a minute for the, for the momentum to set in. And because he was, you know, you were going into the, the, the depths of his psychology right off the bat, but then slowly with just, you know, a little bit of comfort and getting used to everything, the insight started to streamline and, you know, there was order out of the chaos. And by the end of the interview, I even saw other people commenting. They were like, this is turning out really good. <laughs> and it was, uh, he has, uh, he has made a lot of sense out of what for many people, uh, would be hard to, uh, reconcile, you right. know? Right. And you can't and, yeah. discount that alien encounter that he had uh, as possibly being a factor. And, you know, to point out the fact that he, uh, you know, he did make a lot of sense. I mean, I was surprised too. Yeah. No, nothing against Ron, but I just, you know, I don't get a lot of Instagram messages that lead to uh, a good interview. Uh, I've had several great interviews from people that have reached out to me on Instagram, but that's like a small yeah. minority of the amount of Instagram messages that I get. Not that I get a whole ton, but yeah, I was surprised because you know what I heard he was, he's been on a couple podcasts. So, you know, not exactly uh, a seasoned guest like maybe we've had on the show before, but yeah, man, fascinating uh -huh. stuff. And it all came from a potential, interaction with this uh, peer of his in school uh, who was associated yeah. with the demo lay, which came up synchronistically for me uh, because Walt Disney, you know, was apparently a part of the demo lay. And I talked about that uh, earlier today with Matt from the great deception podcast, who was on the show as well. Uh, we talked a little bit about Disney and, 
And Andreas even mentioned Disney a bit. But, yeah, on the point of Ron Weed, he, he seemingly has deciphered this part of the Gematria code that I definitely, I mean, I know the Marty Leeds side of it, and I've known that for a while because I've had Marty Leeds book for a while, and that was kind of the first kind of, I've heard, I heard a lot of different people talking about Gematria, but then when I heard Marty Leeds, I was like, this guy seems more organized. So I bought his book. And, and yeah, it, it's not the same cipher as what Marty Leeds has, but I think mm-hmm. that's because there's something inherent to that Freemasonic angle that Ron got that from. So I don't know much more than that. And again, I think people should check out the visual side of this episode uh, more than any episode, uh, not really for the yeah. beginning, but yeah, the latter half of the conversation was you know, the majority he was showing us these notes from his notebook and, yeah, very interesting diagrams. He even had um, an EKG measured out gematrically, if that's even a word. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, and, you know, he started to describe, um, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but it was amazing to me. It, it I was actually in the telegram uh, kind of giving a brief summary of the only, like I've had a couple UFO experiences that are just, you know, strange things in the sky that are hard to explain. Hmm. I won't get into that, but I've only had one, uh, like paranormal ghost or spirit encounter. And it was when I was young and I still write it off as a dream because I was in bed. It was in that liminal space between sleep and waking and I was relating it to the telegram group. And then he told his story and it was incredibly on point with my story, uh, which was a little jarring. <laughs> it was a little surreal. Uh, and then he dropped a theory that I'm still holding on to um, talking about the, the, the fact that green is the, a new color to the color spectrum and that it is the or blue, that blue is the newest color in the color spectrum, and also green is right next to it. And because it's in the center of the Roy G. Biv, it has a liminal value. It's in the in-between space. And Right, that's interesting uh, how that it, it emerged as the newest color uh, from the center. Yes. Huh. And that really, that hit a note for me because the only specter that I ever saw was, uh, it was like a green light body and it was in a doorway. And this is a detail that, uh, I love about paranormal experiences. Like if you go online and you watch, you know, ghost hunters or things like that, something I've noticed, it's like an unspoken pattern from these researchers. They often they overlook the fact that that there's a portal between them and the spirit of some sort or another, be it a window or a doorway or just a, a, you know, a little frame from one room to the next in a house. There almost always is a subtle uh, gate between them and what they're seeing. And I think it goes undervalued. And that has been a focus of my research lately is uh, the idea of liminal spaces, gateways, um, 
And even the fact that I was, I'm not sure if I was awake or I was sleeping, you know? So I was psychologically in the in-between space in that twilight right. area of w- waking and sleeping. So that really hit a note for me because it was almost like he was describing my own experience back to me. Wow. Yeah, well, then I can't uh, find a a better person to have on the extended outro for this episode. Perfect. <laughs> Glad you're here, buddy. And I yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was great because his name's Ron Weed, and we all know about weed being very green, <laughs> yeah. putting you in that in that liminal space. It even burns melatonin, which is what gets you, in, you know, gives you that sleepy, sleeping, walking dream state. Mm. Well, if we want to even go on the, like, Gematria angle even further, his father was named Walter, and that would give him the initials, I don't know, his middle name but that would give him the uh, initials ww which if you flip that on its side you get 33 i mean a w is pretty much just a three flipped on its side awesome awesome (laughs) you know and (laughs) so yeah i think i think this episode again fascinating stuff very much in sync with everything we talked about but it is yeah it is a little far from my memory because i did uh i did record it a while ago. Let me see what I wrote down. Maybe I can jog my, oh, I didn't write anything about it yet. Well, here we go. The, let, let's give people a little bit of behind the scenes. So the way I edit this episode and every episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast is a like four or five step process. And one of those processes is Descript, which takes the episode turns it into a transcript for me uh, and then I can like go in and basically read what was said and edit out parts of what was you know what's in the podcast based on you know what's in the paragraph so it, it lines up the text with the audio file uh, so I could actually go back and read what was said in that conversation with Ron but in the meantime have you been doing anything? recently with your research i know we were talking about the avenger movie series when uh you joined me on the show as a guest what's what's been going on recently in your world well uh on my channel i just did a three-part run through that i just kind of had to get out of my system it's a uh kind of a my like a personal de-occulting of the 9-11 events, uh, with not too much focus on the main, on the main highlights. I, uh, I think I kind of gave it a unique angle. I was focusing on how the North and the South tower, you know, they are, uh, the two pillars, Joachim and Boaz Mm -hmm. and the chronology of which tower went down first is very significant. And, uh, I read it as an inversion or a reversing of the unum sanctum, the law, the decree, the papal bull from uh, the Vatican, uh, unum sanctum. It goes back to the biblical myth of, it's a, I try to keep this brief, uh, the biblical story of Christ telling the apostles to sell their cloak to buy a sword. And, um, 
if you read Unum Sanctum, which I highly recommend everybody does, it, it mandates that the spiritual is superior to the temporal. Hmm. And, and when the uh, two pillars went down, uh, there was an inverting of that. And they put the spiritual underneath uh, the temporal. And so right now we will probably be seeing uh, the theory is that there will be a depreciation of the spiritual and an overvaluing of the temporal. Hmm. And uh, it's kind of a hard subject to keep a neutral perspective on, you know, it's hard to keep your emotions out of the conversation. Um, But you could say that, uh, uh, the majority of the population, if the spell worked, a majority of the population is going to take the poke poke because they don't value the spiritual price. And their perspective right now has a very temporal focus. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just a, that's kind of a brief, the brief cliff notes of what I got into. Uh, but I do have something on the Avengers uh, that I was wrapping with some of the guys with Rob, uh, Rob B in your uh, in your Telegram group. Yeah, shout out to Rob. He's a cool dude. Yeah, man. He was. He and I were. We were grooving on um, taking some of the characters from the Avengers stories and giving them actual historical correspondence to uh, movers and shakers of the world. And, you know, one of my, this all kind of started with my theory that, uh, Spider-Man is, uh, the Peter Parker and Spider-Man have a very powerful correspondence to Carl Jung and Philemon. Mm. Can you elaborate on who Philemon is for maybe people who don't know? Yes. Philemon is the daemon of Carl Jung and, um, and, and predates Carl Jung. Philemon is, is actually a, a spirit. Like when they say the Bible was written in the spirit of uh, goodwill and betterment of man. Well, Philemon is the spirit of certain writings throughout history, and it goes back quite some ways. He kind of, uh, the spirit of Philemon can be found in many writings throughout history. And I think Carl Jung tapped into that the spirit of that gnosis and, uh, and was in communication with it. And it became like his muse or his the spirit, his daemon that he would uh, communicate with almost like, I think of it as like a, uh, you know, I guess a lot of, from a Christian lens, a lot of people would say you're inviting a spirit to, you know, uh, uh, to give you advice. You know, it's almost got a a Faustian Mephistopheles spin to it uh, from a certain lens. But when you look at it through Carl Jung's, uh, through his method, it's not as nefarious as it seems, you know? And the fact that Philemon was actually uh, a spirit of some of the biblical writings. So 
it is uh, to some degree a church-sanctioned uh, stream of gnosis in a certain light. So, did that was that was that helpful at all? <laughs> I mean, if it's not helpful to me, it could be helpful to someone. I mean, I, I might not have a response, <laughs> sure. but it's not. Uh-huh. No, I definitely yeah, think so. you elaborated on the question of who is Philemon. I just find it really fascinating that that was something that had been basically, you know, in this kind of, I mean, this is a theme in a book that I talk a lot about the, the secret history of the world and they don't really blame it on, they don't like, they don't go into Philemon much more than to just say that that's what Jung was in touch with, but they do point out many different people throughout history who seem to have these, relationships close relationships with otherworldly entities they're not saying that each entity is part of the same group or anything like that but it's more a comment on the relationship between human beings and the other world which is yeah endlessly fascinating yes and you know we do you know our superheroes that's something that is instilled in us at a young age with these comic books is that our even our superheroes have what they call uh, in a more socially acceptable light, they call it an alter ego, you know? And so they have their mundane persona, but then they put on their spandex and they become this uh, higher self. Mm. Right. And, and so through that line of reasoning, uh, you know, it was, it was Spider-Man and Philemon that really tipped the scales for me on this idea. Um, uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll substantiate it a little more because Spider-Man is gifted a pair of glasses in one of the most recent installments of Spider-Man in the glasses. The name of the glasses is Edith E D I T H. And that stands for even dead. I'm the hero. And that is a joke from oh. Tony Stark. Tony Stark is telling him, even though I'm dead, you're still going to need me. So here's these glasses that are going to give you this special vision to see through, like they live glasses <laughs> and you can see through, the, see through the illusion of the world. Wow. Well, that is, uh, that's a powerful signal uh, to me to look to Carl Jung because one of his acolytes in actual history was Edith Rockefeller. And Edith Rockefeller went uh, out of her way to study under Carl Jung for an extended period of time, and she became his a student of his, and she sponsored the translating of his writing into many languages. And so you could say Edith became the decoder glasses for the world to see the mind of Carl Jung. Wow. And so that, so that was my keystone. That was my initiation into this idea that if Spider-Man could actually have a historical counterpart, a factual real world counterpart, what other characters can I substantiate from the Avengers series with uh, real, with real historical factual personas? And so I got a quick list if you want to hear it. 
Yeah, please. Before you go into it, though, I uh, I just want to point out, I if people again go to the visual version of the show and check it out, you might notice that when Ron Weed told us that he was bit by a spider when he was a kid, I I I started laughing so hard. But I, you know, I don't want to be rude, and I didn't want to like make fun of him or anything or make it seem that way because I don't feel that way. He's a great guy, and I'm really grateful that he joined us on the show. But oh man, it was it was so funny. It's all the more funny when you have to hold in your laughter. So maybe that made it funnier. But here, I'm just gonna play a little clip for people if they forgot. Let's see. Let's see if you could hear this. Let me know. Hold on. Out of it. So you you literally fell down the rabbit hole. It sounds like fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Take Mm -hmm. me back to this first part, though. So was there a physical well in the yard that that possibly you actually fell down and and something happened in between that memory and the memory that you just described on the couch? Oh, no, nothing like that. But I guess when I was around three, they said I got bit by a spider or something like that, a poisonous spider. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. Oh, that was too funny. Did you hear that? <laughs> that is awesome. That oh, is so man. awesome. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, Ron, thank there you is. so much. Shout out to you, buddy. But yeah, that is an odd synchronicity yeah. to bring it all back together. <laughs> yes. Very powerful. So Spider-Man got you into this and that's a that's a potent one because you know the big thing you hear i mean at least i've heard it in conspiracy realm a couple of times is with great knowledge comes great responsibility you know that seems to be a nod to that uh when you hear that in the spider-man movie at least yes yeah yeah and it, it sometimes i'm not sure what to do with all this you know the, but i just i just take it in, process it, and then push it back out and let the world deal with it if they decide to take it or leave it, you know? But it is. It's a beautiful way to see things. And uh, he did. I think Spider-Man came up a couple times in that conversation, and it is. It's 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 uh, it's pretty powerful. And, you know, Spider-Man has that uh, uh, precognitive ability, the spidey senses. And, and that's something that uh, that can be developed. And once it's developed, you know, it makes you like a vessel for inspiration, you know, and these ideas and beautiful things come to you and you get a little tingling feeling that there's more to it and you start following it. And the next thing you know, you've, you've got something worth sharing. Uh, yeah, I agree. So you want to you you hear my list here? It's pretty fun. Please. Yeah. Let us, let us hear it. So I think that uh, Dr. Octavius, uh, if Spider-Man is young, because he's the youngest Avenger, for one. I mean, there's all these jokes, like, built into these archetypes. He's, the you know, the youngest Avenger. Uh, Carl Jung's focus was on the web, the collective web of consciousness. You know, also... Uh, Peter Parker studies the falling arc of an object and Carl Jung studies the archetypes of, of consciousness. Right. So, wow. so from spite from Spider-Man, uh, we can draw a line to Dr. Octavius, uh, 
fitting the role of Sigmund Freud. And uh, because Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud's relationship was so interdependent, uh, much like Peter Parker's relationship with Dr. Octavius, uh, and in fact, uh, you know, Doc Ock, he built up this, you know, powerful technology and was like a, a mentor to Peter Parker in an incredibly similar way to how Freud was a mentor to uh, Peter Parker. And so that's just one, that's one of them. And building out from there, uh, I think that Nick Fury is Alan Dulles. That would make sense. Because, <laughs> yes. The Punisher. Because, yes, yes. And uh, then I've got, uh, I put Tony Stark in as Rockefeller, as John D. Rockefeller. Um, because Tony Stark is, you know, he's a philanthropist. He's uh, making contracts with MIT and Rockefeller had a lot to do with MIT and Rockefeller Industries just had a lawsuit with MIT regarding CRISPR technologies and the fate of the world was probably altered by that lawsuit. Uh, pretty powerful little correspondence there. So I've got Tony Stark as J.D. Rockefeller. Uh, and I was talking with Rob. Uh, I think we could put uh, the Incredible Hulk. I think we could fit him in with Howard Hughes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, Howard Hughes was... He was interested in making like the largest aircraft imaginable. Hmm. And that's kind of a funny trope with the Hulk is he doesn't, he never fits in anything. He's, you know, he's too big for his own good. He's uh, too big for his own shoes, but also uh, Bruce Banner has these periods of going, uh, going into seclusion. He becomes a recluse at certain phases in his life. And the Hulk in uh, I think in the Thor number three, the Hulk is like run run away from the world, and he's uh, living in a uh, like a apartment in a penthouse apartment, uh, <laughs> and Thor has to go and talk him out of his lavish life in the penthouse apartment, much like Howard Hughes was a recluse in his apartment building. And then my last one here. Uh, in this one, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really stretching it. I'm not 100% sold on it, but it is tentatively, I've put Thor in as uh, Frederick Nietzsche. And uh, part of the reason I did that is because they always talk about Nietzsche uh, using a hammer to smash paradigms and to crush people's old preconceptions and that's like a running metaphor with Nietzsche is that he uses a Thor to crush your old ideas so that's my list right now I love it yeah I definitely think that deserves a whole episode we ought to save the rest of it for uh, when you get it all completed <laughs> maybe have you back on and go into that a little further I think that's really cool man yeah, I uh, right I don't. I mean, even what Ron told me in the Instagram uh, kind of chat 
was that his father, and he kind of actually he did mention it. So Smoking Aces too, he says the uh, character in Smoking Aces too that's like a desk jockey seeming guy who ends up being like a big sort of big pin in the whole scheme, the whole you know whatever the espionage group that they're portraying um and he potentially was uh modeled after this dude's father so i don't know how true that is but uh all respect to ron for sharing that on the show i like to let the listeners be the judge you know it could be all bogus it could be true i don't you know we don't claim to know here this is the my family thinks some crazy podcast and i think he actually said that his family uh doesn't uh, they they do think he's crazy. Sorry, yes, they do. Let me let me go. Let me check the transcript here, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah, they think he's crazy. Can't believe I forgot yeah. that. No, but anyways, just joking. Thank you, uh, thank you, brother, for being here, Gabriel. I always I always yeah. pause because I I switch from calling you slick dissident to Gabriel on and off, but. I uh, I don't think I've given you a spirit animal name yet, and you deserve one since you've been on the show as many times as you have, and you're a big part of the the Telegram group, and uh, another really huge part of the Telegram group uh, who already got a shout-out today, Rob. He's listening. We're going to give him a spirit animal name as well here in awesome. the awesome. outro. And I pulled a card while we were talking and it was the dragon card. So I don't know what that says about what we were just talking about, but that's the kind of energy we, we were putting out, maybe. But here we go. We're going to go to the cards. No, don't, don't, don't hesitate. You could talk. This is a silent part for me. I'm just shuffling. Well, dragons are often green. Mm, yes, that's, that's exactly. I mean, the card is very green. Yeah. All right. That's sweet. So, Gabriel, oh, I pulled the whale card. The whales come up a couple times in the recent few draws. So, whale energy, and then we have, let's see, the quality comes from this other deck. Let's see. The Whirling Rainbow card, which represents unity and wholeness. So you are the Whirling Whale, my friend. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) There's a WW. Exactly. Wow. I love that. I just go for, I go for that all the time, just naturally, because I think phrases that match up like that just sound cooler. But yeah, Whirling Whale is beautiful. I love that as a spirit animal for you. I don't know what it means to you. Uh, I, sometimes I feel a little nervous about what this animal card deck will bring. Cause there are not flattering animals in here all the time. Uh, you know, we could have picked worm. We could have picked firefly. We could have picked mouse, you know, things that people generally maybe don't think of as their spirit animal, but that's the fun of it too, is like maybe this animal, might have a synchronistic effect on you somehow and you didn't realize it until this card got pulled. Uh, or you're, yeah. you know, someone like Ron from New England who got the Cosmic Egg card, which, I mean, that's just badass. I mean, that's just a cool card. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. So, yeah, and, you know, something else, he was talking about 
And I always love to point out how whenever you get alliteration, like a WW, you can oftentimes use reduced ordinal gematria to get a magical square. Hmm. And, and so a WW would be a five by five in reduced ordinal, which is a magical square of Mars. Right. In which that came up in the conversation with him too, magic squares. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I did not go over my head, but it's, you know, it's a lot easier yeah. to talk about when you have the visuals in front of you, but yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. I feel like I've done that for a while now and it's never led me very far. Cause I don't stick with the, you know, and I, I'm really impressed by like the lengths people can go to seemingly find meaning in these numbers. And I'm, I'm not doubting the meaning, but I'm just like, you know, I'm sort of in uh, marvel of it, which is a funny uh, reference to what we were just talking about. <laughs> but anyways, we got another uh, spirit animal name to give. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Dan Danunaki, who's in the Telegram very often. We'll give him a spirit animal name as well. Why not? So we got, we got some cards to pull. I got, boom, we're going to pull... I'm just going to pull them without looking at them and we'll reveal them one at a time to make this nice and sweet and meaningful. All right. Cool. So anyways, filling in the dead air, we got three <laughs> animal names to give. So shout out to Rob B. You are, oh, I love this. You got the fox card and the Sundance card. So that means you're oh, the Sundance wow. fox. <laughs> That's very that cool. Great. Very cool. Yes, card. it seems very fitting. From what I know, that's a good one for him. I love it. I love it. All right. And then next up, I said I would give a spirit animal name to Dan because he's in the Telegram chat. Dan, you are a lamb. And we have the uh, powwow card, which represents sharing and quickening. So you are the powwow lamb, Dan. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. And then last but not least, Matt Black is someone who I said I would give a spirit animal name to. Uh, although they're not a patron, they reached out and they said, hey, I love your show. I love what you're doing. I'm going to give you a dollar uh, for every episode you've done. So he gave me a pretty nice little uh, gift there via PayPal. So if anybody wants to be so kind and do something like that for the holidays, I appreciate you. I should also say that Rob was also very generous uh, and gave me a really awesome gift. So I'm glad you got that badass uh, name there, uh, Sundance yeah. Fox. Now, Matt Black, I hate to say it, but <laughs> I don't know if I can give you the same respect that I can a name like Sundance Fox, because your name is uh, the Truth Unicorn. The Truth <laughs> Unicorn. So I don't know. Oh, I mean, maybe, okay. I, I mean, Matt, maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I wouldn't like the unicorn thing, but it's in the animal deck. So <laughs> here it is, folks. You uh, are... Uh, 
the truth unicorn. You got the arrow card, which represents truth as protection. So I think that, or the arrow unicorn, but I feel like truth unicorn just sounds great. So here we are live. There's no cutting it out. Sometimes when that happens, I'll be honest, if I pull a card name, that's like really, you know, not flattering. I have edited it out in the past, but I feel like that might be a disservice because the card decks might have medicine in them. So Matt, even though a unicorn might not be your ideal spirit animal name, uh, you know, you have to take what the cards deal. I don't know (laughs) the proper phrase there, but there's a phrase there somewhere. Anyways, Uh this has been a fun outro. Thank you so much for joining me, brother. Is there anywhere people can go to follow up with you, your YouTube channel, right? Is there anything else you got going on, places people can follow up with you? Well, yeah, but, you know, my my uh, personal work is on uh, Slick Dissident on YouTube, but I'm also uh, oftentimes, uh, pretty regularly nowadays, on um, the Weaving Spiders Welcome. They do, uh, we do a thing on Saturday nights. Uh, it goes, it goes long. So pack your lunch, you know, take a nap beforehand. <laughs> uh, and we're also doing, uh, weaving spiders. We're doing something called flow state on Wednesday nights where we do uh, shared reading and art projects. Um, and that is right after the other show. I want to give a big shout out for, uh, chance Garten and his Innerverse podcast, and also um, Vibrant, which he does on uh, Wednesdays. Let's see, I think Innerverse is, uh, I'm not sure his full schedule, but I think it's like Mondays and Wednesdays he's on. Uh, and the Innerverse is a Wednesday thing, and then we do the flow state right afterwards. So everybody come get some. Right on. Yeah, I'll be on Vibrant in the new year. I know Chance and I have that scheduled, so... Stay tuned for that and follow up with Slick Dissident in all the places. Thank you so much for listening to this complex edition of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. That's what we're doing here, folks. You probably didn't expect it, but that's right. Three hours of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy content. That's the goal for every episode. I don't know if we'll make it there, but as long as we're over the two-hour mark, I'm happy. So... Anyways, take it easy and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now.